0: Today's show is brought to you by Away. For $20 off a suitcase, visit awaytravel.com GOT and use promo code GOT during checkout. Welcome to the Game of Thrones podcast, the officially unofficial podcast for Game of Thrones on HBO. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking about Season 7, Episode 2, titled Stormborn. Uh, you know, when I heard the term Stormborn applied to Danny, I did not think it was an actual literal thing. I thought it was more of a metaphor. Nope. But apparently it's an actual thing.
1: Yeah, she was born during a, a uh, historically significant storm on Dragonstone. That Varys remembers. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that was interesting to, to learn. Uh, uh, what do you think of this episode?
1: So i I think that the things that I liked about the episode, I liked as much, if not more, on subsequent watches. Um, I I really like the controversy that's kind of uh, arisen from Arya's scene with Demeria. Like, it's so hilarious because I was listening to Alan Sepinwall's podcast, and he started from the position that you talked me into on the Instant Podcast, and uh-huh. then fans talked him into thinking what I originally thought. <laughs> And yeah, I'm like, Man. I can see it both ways. Yeah, no, it's 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 beautiful how it plays like that. Um, I will say that the parts I didn't like about the show I have liked less on subsequent watches. Like I, okay. re- it, it really bugs me how fast and loose they're playing this Euron thing. I don't buy a thousand ships. Mm-hmm. I don't buy the fact he's a badass. It's literally like Darth Vader showed up an hour into Return of the Jedi yeah. and like check me out, kids! I got lightsabers and shit. It's like I. It works, The fact that it works at all is 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 bonkers.
0: Or, or if like uh, Luke had run off with all of the stormtroopers, <laughs> and then Darth Vader said, "Well, guess what? I just built an army of new stormtroopers right, in right. twenty minutes." And there was no clones, and yeah. that they could do that. <laughs> right?
1: Um, it, it's it's really like I hope that's the last of the narrative, you know, broken ground to have the four by four over, because
0: otherwise, yeah. it's going to. Threaten the collapse under its own weight. Right. I mean, that's the thing. You know, when we were talking about this at Con of Thrones and kind of before the season, we were talking about all the jetpacking that would have to happen for all these characters. And I think we need to maybe sit back and apply that as well to plot jetpacking. Yeah. Um, you strap a, a jetpack onto the idea that ships can be built, the idea that you're right. on can find them in the middle but of the How many
1: jetpacks do you strap on right. before? Right. And that, I guess, like, I was chiding people, like, look, you can't get to. Up your ass about the jetpacking because you know reasons, and you're just not going to enjoy the show. But like, man, how <laughs> much, how how many, how many of these things we have to strap on and just swallow it before the suspension? They don't work to lift our suspension to disbelief anymore. Um, right? It's a minor concern of mine uh, because um, I just I, I feel like, and I, again, I don't think it's the, the Dan and David's fault. Um, I don't. I don't think they like the hand that they were dealt, and I think they would rather have a much more elegant story to adapt rather than just a a bunch of harebrained ideas that George has been kicking around for twenty years. Um, yeah. but that's the the hand they're dealt, and if maybe if, if this is the last of the stuff, and we can just now tell a conventional story without any, you know, because that's that's why people like Game of Thrones. that weren't into fantasy; like it felt grounded and real in a way that a lot of stuff like Lord of the Rings just doesn't. Yeah. So, um, and it's inevitable that it's going to get more fantastical as things go, but like, you know, just some stuff with this Euron and, um, and it's just, it's too bad. It's too bad that there couldn't have been more time to kind of flesh his character out and establish things and why they had to, you know, make it a point that, that Theon and, um, uh, Yara stole like the bulk of the best of the ships of the fleet. And then he shows up, you know, just a few months at best later, with, with an armada that ships. looks like it's even better. Like, what yeah. the hell did that? word the Ironborn just holding back? You're going to get the whip in his hands. Yeah. Like, I'm going to show you how to build boats, boys. <laughs> and, and like now they come out with super ships. It's like, th- th- what the hell? Yeah. That's the other thing. Uh, yeah, like if the Stormtrooper's made off with uh, all of Darth Vader's best ships, mm-hmm. and he shows up in the Executor. Uh-huh. Oh, you didn't know that I had one 11 times? Oh, sorry. Sorry, we had those waiting in the wings. <laughs> I it, I don't know. I don't want to bitch too much, because I'll turn off the fans. Because this yeah, was a great it, episode.
0: Right, and the rest of the episode, awesome. Um, th- there were three scenes I thought were really great, mm-hmm. uh, which we'll talk about when we get to them. But uh, why don't we start with the recap?
1: Uh, before we get into the main main recap section, there's a couple notes I wanted to talk about. First of all, our spoiler po- po- um, policy, because I guess I caused a stir last week when I talked about these production spoilers, and people um, thought that maybe that we would discuss those as part of our spoiler cast, and that that's not the case. We don't consider uh, production spoilers and leaked scripts and things like that as as tr- as, uh, as as true spoiler materials. The spoiler stuff is mostly. Lore from the books, still, you know, discussion of prophecies and some other stuff and uh, uh, some other in-universe speculation. We also talk about the next week ons and and season trailers, stuff that we kind of shy away from talking about on the main podcast. But we're going – we're not, to our knowledge, going to drop um, any any spoilers. Um, Now, it's a little tough because I myself am not aware of those spoilers. So – um my wife, who got who decided to spoil herself, has graciously agreed to go through a first pass on once I get my <laughs> notes completed and actually delete the stuff that I have in there that might be uh you know someone trying to trick me into reading a spoiler. So hmm. uh hopefully with that with that put in place um we won't we won't have this problem going forward. But uh I just again I, I got a lot of people concerned that we were gonna talk about show production based spoilers. That's not gonna happen. Um, also, if you're a PlayStation um, person, a PlayStation Plus member, uh, Game of Thrones Telltale Season One is uh, free for for uh, Plus members uh, until the end of this month. And I wanted to say say that because we actually did a whole playthrough for the club. I think the first episode of that um, uh, uh, Telltale Season One is is free for everybody. If you want to check that out, I'll make a link to it under show notes. Also, want to thank Highway Superstar for providing our 80s. TV remix version of the Game of Thrones theme. It's awesome, and he's awesome for uh, for letting us use it. You can find his stuff on SoundCloud. Uh, By the way, the link to that is in every show notes uh, for Highway Superstar. Um, This week, we got tons of Game of Thrones stuff coming out. We've got an Empire Business podcast for the club members, which is where we talk about behind-the-scenes stuff with Bald Move. This week's is going to feature advertising and advertising and podcasts we also going to be checking out Atomic Blonde on Thursday. We'll have a spoiler-free review for uh, everybody and a spoiler-filled review for club members. And I did chat with Shane Bowman about Twin Peaks. That will be coming out probably Thursday um, afternoon. So a packed week at BaldMove.com. Uh, and again, go to BaldMove.com to, to catch up on all that stuff.
0: Whew. We we start off with Danny and uh, Varys and Tyrion kind of, Starting to plan the uh, invasion of Westeros. And Danny interrogates Varys over turning on his former kings. And Varys defends himself by saying, basically, he works for the people, which pleases Danny because that's kind of who she wants to work for as well. Uh, I-, I thought this was a great response from Varys. I thought this was actually a good scene for both of them because Danny is doing a smart thing here. Yeah. She's testing the motivations of someone who she doesn't consider to be extremely loyal. And I think that's the right thing to do, right? She, Tyrion has earned his spot with her, but I think challenged. Varys has not yet. But you right. know, and Tyrion vouching for him is not quite enough. For
1: no, her. in fact, I, I thought. I mean, I, I understand why they did it for a script reason, but I, as he, as Tyrion was doing these kind of desperate, panicky pleas for Varys and not get burned to death, I guess I mm. thought, like, come on, man, like you were tested too. Uh, you, 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 Pat, like, she's got, she's going to have to do this because if she just accepts, you know, now that, now that she's in here, and as, as Tyrion said last season, you're in a great game now and it's terrifying. Like, if she just starts trusting people randomly, yeah. I think that's a clear contrast. Uh, I think that's a clear contrast between, like, her and Mm John to the extent that they're, we're starting now. To compare and contrast these and like decide you know are these guys actually going to team up are they going to be able to work well together um so i thought it was fantastic and again a guy like varis should be able to stand up to the scrutiny and and talk his way out of it
0: because if and I not think he does yeah 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 his reasons for doing the things he's doing i think are are you know noble and good um in their own right but also like super on point with what danny wants right so, yeah, good on him, good on her. Uh everybody's doing the right thing in this scene. Yeah. So, Melisandre shows up to convince Danny to team up with John, and she she being Danny decides to send a message demanding that he bend the knee. Uh this is interesting. So, in the message that John gets, I don't remember anything about bending the knee. Right. Do you think Tyrion Maybe yeah. take some liberties with the language he uses. I do, I do. There's some, some feedback to
1: that point that will that, that Jim just served you a big slice of dry pie for. Taste but it? I, oh, yeah. <laughs> again, wash it down. The hey, you're lucky this isn't the purple wedding. <laughs> um, I I think I think that is significant. The fact uh-huh. that he is the one that wrote the message. The fact that he is he's kind of parent trapping them. Like yeah. telling them, tell, uh, pr- tell them both what they want to hear and 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 trusting in their intrinsic goodness. And the fact that they they're, they have enough uh, altruism and pragmatism to see that this is the thing that has to happen for the good of the realm, yeah. Uh, but I, you know, the thing is, is like uh, I just don't know. I, 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 it seems it it all it always seemed doubtful that we are going to have this like oh, Danny's going to get together with John and they're going to have a big marriage and it's going to be the literal Song of Ice and Fire and then they're going to go and vanquish the White Walkers and kill Cersei and everything's going to be happily ever after. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think we're going to get a grim, like really dark ending. Um, but but George is all described as bittersweet. So both of these guys and gals making it to the finish line seems unlikely to me. And it seems like narratively they're hinting a lot more towards Danny being either a little mad queenie or maybe mm-hmm. just not being able to to make it to the end um but that could be subversion too i mean that it could be yeah I, and i find do you find yourself still just de- just really afraid especially in 90s last two seasons, that anyone can die at any time
0: yeah i uh, i think that's that's definitely on the table like like even <laughs> when anyone.
1: when the reaching out to, or when arya's reaching out yeah. to Myria, i was like uh are they just going to have this wolf maul arya for some point
0: <laughs> right
1: like, uh, maybe not kill her, but whip her arm off or scarp her face her real bad so she's really no. Like, and, and the the thing is, is, like, I, you know, I didn't think it would happen, but the danger is there in a way that I don't think has ever been for any other show. Yeah. That anyone could die at any time. And it doesn't even have to have a point to it. It could just be like, well, yep, you forgot that this world's dangerous. Uh uh-huh. So, killed someone you loved. Uh, <laughs> that's, that, that adds a lot, nice little spice to about any scene you're watching.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, it made a lot of sense for Melisandre to show up here. Um, I think that's one of the places we assumed she could be going. Um, they're kind of connecting the dots between the Red Priestess and Marine that they had recruited, and now uh, Melisandre here in Westeros. Uh, I think that's kind of what they knew they were going for when they did that. Yeah. Um, and it felt maybe a little out, a little weird, and out of place. Um, was it last season or the season before when they that's... recruited the Red Priestess?
1: Oh, it seemed like that was something that was in motion. Like, Tyrion, the season before last, Tyrion saw when he was, like, on his way to the Queen that these, that this was really doing a, a number on the hearts and minds of the local folk. Yeah. And then I think he was the one that said, you know, we should kind of lean on these when Danny was gone. And they are like, looking for something to hold the city together. Yep. Which was interesting because it's essentially... Uh, a slightly smarter version of what Cersei did with the Faith Militant, and it didn't blow up in his face, <laughs> right? Uh, Melisandre, was she wearing a backpack, or was there some sort of vaginal rocketry?
0: Uh, yeah, and maybe. And so,
1: how many stages was it? A bipropellant system? It's yeah, just, it's it's maybe she can just, just shoot shadow babies out at a rapid speed, and is equal and opposite reaction.
0: I mean, she might literally be able to teleport.
1: <laughs> yeah i mean I, like
0: i don't know what's possible with melisandre i
1: uh, yeah when it comes to, like faceless Men magic melisandre um uh the lord of the lights what brand can do like it's it's uncomfortably open-ended
0: yeah for the most part um you know it it hadn't really crossed my mind that maybe i just assumed like plot plot shortcuts here sure. i was um, just making a joke about magical had, rocketry right? <laughs> <That's>, <laughs>
1: That uh I, I have this like the serene face Melisandre with like just, just a gout of flame shooting out of her dress streaking across the sky. Just that makes me that
0: tickles me. Uh so they they make a point here to say that this prophecy um that they're talking about with the prince who was promised is not necessarily a prince, it's also it could be translated as a princess one
1: one one more uh a book spoiler they they pried out from us this, right so yeah they're uh,
0: slowly dis- they're taking away all the things yeah. that book spoiler people can hold over the show Watchers' heads yeah because that's that's been something that's long banded about this the yeah. idea that valerian
1: um with such uh, that puts dragons on these pedestals and the fact that dragons are uh at least asexual if not hermaphrodites. Mm-hmm. Um, their their their, their the, the 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 gender um designators in their language are more fluid to reflect the the supremacy of dragons. It yeah. uh, also explains like some more of their culture: the fact that like you know, um, uh, women were accepted as conquerors in Targaryen uh a culture and uh, presumably Valerian more so than you'd ever see in Westeros. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Lady Mormont and
0: uh, uh aside. Um this felt like to me a writer doing something to for like writer fan service. Yeah. Like I I'm the author of a book, wouldn't it be cool if we did like a translational mistake sort of thing <sighs> sure. as a major plot point. And I I mean that's fine, you know. Uh as a show watcher I'm like, oh maybe that's a little too clever for me, but yeah, I yeah. guess the
1: the guy that made the stink about it being the prince that was promised and how grammatically incorrect, I he and I he uh, sent an email this morning and I, and I didn't have a chance to fact check him, but he claimed that it was now the prince who was promised and they oh. introduced this translation error and he just like as a linguist it made him happy. So
0: yeah, I think you're <laughs> okay. onto something there. Yeah, I'm sure he was jumping up and down, loving <laughs> right. it. Um, let's move on to John and Sansa discussing the letter from Danny and Tyrion. Um. I guess the letters from Tyrion, but via Tyrion from Danny. Right. Uh, John is torn on whether to accept their invitation, and he kind of passes it around to to uh, Sansa and to Davos. They both give their opinion on it. Um, Sansa kind of stands up for Tyrion a little bit, but says, you know, he's still a Lannister out. Not like that, him. but it's
1: just it's just too risky yeah. to go and 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 meet with her directly.
0: Although Davos is like, could use those dragons. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Could use that dragon glass. They don't know about that yet. This comes in before Sam's letter. But I'm talking about dragons. He was talking yeah, about yeah. the actual,
1: not dragon glass, but like we could use the dragons because whites, you know, you said that the whites have weakness to fire. Like, he's essentially... Uh, it's good to see Davos catching up to like where we were at three seasons ago just watching right. the show. And they uh, leave this
0: scene open-ended. So yeah. you don't know what Jon's decision is. And apparently neither do Sansa or Davos because they're both blindsided later by the decision. This is the moment where Jon should have said, yes, it's risky. To, to you two, um, mm-hmm. to, to Sansa and Davos, should have said, it's risky, but I'm doing it. Right. So, like, maybe present to United Front when I go to tell the other yeah. lords of the houses. Yeah. Uh, but he doesn't. And uh, so it becomes a thing later.
1: I do think that... um, I, I really like the establishing shot of Winterfell. So you see, like, these grizzled vets are training the young kids mm-hmm. on how to shoot a bow and kind of gives you the stakes that like you know they, it, it's easy to talk about mobilization of an entire civilization but when you see like kids being trained for war yeah um it really sells the stakes like this is this is all or nothing like you know our compunctions about using women and children you know it, if we if we hold to that we're going to lose the war so I, I thought that was really
0: cool in light of the last episode mm-hmm. then we go over to cersei addressing some of the heads of houses uh, including randall tarley to try to recruit them into the war to come. Uh, Randall thinks the dragons are a problem, but Kyburn says, hey, we're working on a solution. Uh, Jamie then, afterward, goes and has his own conversation with Randall and asks him to join them in the war. He says, I swore an oath to the Tyrells, and he won't break it. Uh, but Jamie reminds him that he also swore an oath to the crown, and he appeals to his xenophobia in order to change his mind. Uh, yeah, I... Hmm. That's interesting. Because I, I think Randall Tarley's is the kind of guy who goes for that sort of argument.
1: No, totally. And I don't think he has. I mean, what Cersei's saying is, is half-truths and, and bullshit. And as you said, appeals to the, the xenophobia. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's not entirely. I mean, that's that's the reason these half-truths are so dangerous is because, you know, this is the Mad Queen's daughter. She did do a lot of probably senseless and counterproductive bloodshed uh when she was feeling a little bit more dragony over in in marine um and she did like for uh, for these nobles and these lords to hear that she just on a whim crucified hundreds of their kind like that's that's hor- that shouldn't be able to happen to them so mm-hmm. um I thought it was pretty effective, and also the fact that you know you know Tarley can remember the fact you know back when the mad king was ruling and all the bad things that happened, uh, and the fact that you know dothraki that that you know and that's the thing like you know dothraki culture does seem pretty asshole centric mm-hmm. I don't want I wouldn't want dothraki i mean I, I I try not to be xenophobic or racist. Uh, but I would hate for the Dothraki to camp in my neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Like they literally just take and pillage and rape whatever. That, and that's not like a stereotype. That is like their it's culture. Their culture, right? Yeah. So you know, it's it's there's there's a lot of fascinating questions about you know once Danny accomplishes what she's going to do, how is she going to integrate these into her new Westeros? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something. I mean, th- these are all if you haven't noticed, these are all questions that we struggle with in modern times as well. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you defeat half-truths and lies? How do you defeat propaganda? How do you defeat, you know, racism, xenophobia, when there is, like, some concern about cultures coming together and which culture will get ascendancy and which values have supremacy? It's it, it, I, I, it, it's, it's super interesting and satisfying to watch all this kind of in a fantasy setting because yeah. it allows people to, I think, think about
0: it in, in a way that's, like, not so, like, up in your face. Right, a more abstract way. Exactly. Um, yeah, so... <laughs> One of the funniest things in here, Dickon, uh, Dickon tarley who, uh, apparently Jamie didn't remember his name, but I don't see how because it's a hilarious name. But it's
1: also, he just makes him for Rickard, which I'm like, so to yeah. me, that's like Richard and Dick. Mm-hmm. So if you go up and be like Richard, right? And he goes, like, no, asshole, it's, it's actually Dick. Dick. Uh, like, oh, oh, I mean, okay, oh, me. I guess, yeah, you're right. I'm the asshole. Um, I don't know, maybe it doesn't work that way, but it seems to me like it's it's kind of like an English allusion to these different nicknames, so I, I thought mm-hmm. that was another kind of funny layer on that, too.
0: I just how dismissive he is of the kid. He's like, ah, well, right. whatever. Uh, I'm here to talk to your dad. Right. Uh, then we go over to Sam. I thought that was a little... I mean, I
1: appreciate the humor, but also Jamie had... He knew he was going to have a tough time mm-hmm. convincing tar- the, uh, um, uh, Randall here, and I don't know... That that felt like old Jamie a little bit, and I, it didn't. It didn't feel like it's in keeping with his more mature. I mean, that's something you can do when you're smacking around Lord Walder Frey. Hmm. But you know, Randall Tarly is probably the most important person they need to get on their side. Do you really want to take digs at his son, who he must think highly of?
0: Yeah, uh, he ha- kind of has to think highly of,
1: right? Because like he doesn't think highly of Sam, right? But this guy, you know, he's tall and he's handsome. Presumably, yeah. he knows how to hold a sword. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, maybe maybe not go after his shining jewel of his loins
0: maybe jamie i don't know yeah well it didn't seem to affect the conversation at all uh then we go to sam and the archmaester uh what's his name i don't think we've gotten one yet there's, no there's there's okay. speculation
1: on who he might be from the books but they have uh, so far not given
0: us uh, his last name okay uh they're examining jorah the maester says he's got about six months before he goes insane from the the grayscale Sam tries to tell him there might be a cure, but the Maester shuts him down and says he's going to ship Jorah off to Valeria. But he's going to give him a day because he's an anointed knight. Uh, good, good thing for Jorah because mm-hmm. he needs a little bit of time here. Jorah looks real bad. Yeah, Jorah's looking the worst I've seen outside of Valeria. A grayscale victim looking. It's it's, it's pretty bad, and he's got six months till he essentially loses his mind. Yeah, he's. Uh, I, it looks like his skin is like the the surface of slowly drying lava. Yeah, it's like real, ah, really gross. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we we go over to Kyburn. Unless you want to talk more about Sam? Nope. Uh, he Kyburn's taking uh, Cersei down to the catacombs, and he shows her the new weapon he's developed to use against the dragons. This was a really cool scene. Mm-hmm. I liked seeing all the dragon bones there under King's Landing, and especially. Uh, the giant dragon whose name I don't remember. Balerion the Dread. Balerion. Yeah. Uh, that
1: skull was really cool. I've often wondered, because, like, obviously you shouldn't destroy dragon skulls just because you hate the Targaryens because the historical value of such sure. artifact. But I've always wondered why Robert was content to strike them down to the dungeons and not just, like, grind them to dust to be like, there are you, you fucking Targaryens. What do you think of that? Yeah. But I felt like Cersei's one-off thing about, oh, he used to bring his whores down here to and like, yeah, look at these guys, I conquered them all, now uh-huh. you know, let's climb into the mouth of Balerion and, and you know, generate some heat, uh, <laughs> generate, generate some dragon fire. I, I thought that was a, a nice character moment from Beyond the Grave,
0: because mm-hmm. I totally buy him going oh, yeah. down there with a couple flagons of wine and a couple women <laughs> and having a good time. Yeah. Uh, The other cool thing about this scene is the ballista. I think it's going to be... Obviously, this is not the only one. Mm -hmm. I assume they're... So the finest artillery across the Yeah, wall.
1: yeah. You're on build a thousand ships in two weeks, but it yeah. took all of the finest artillators, which I've never even heard that word, and blacksmiths, you know, six months to make this one crossbow, and that's it. No more. Yeah, no more. <laughs> no, presumably they're put, installing these all along the walls. It's like German-style clockwork mechanisms. They have to hand file the gears by hand. You just, <laughs> you just got the one shot. Yeah, it didn't shot. look
0: incredibly complex or anything.
1: No, I feel like that there's. It's I a scaled-up
0: crossbow. Come on.
1: When I saw that scene, my first thought is, wow, for sure one of Danny's dragons are going to die. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to massacre them all, but I can't see cuz you're right, this looks like something that they could probably have a hundred on the walls of uh yeah. the red keep and they could just send a hail of these things at the dragons and it's going to wound or kill at least one if if not more.
0: Definitely one, I think. Yeah.
1: Um and that's like you know then then like you know what is what is dany going to do then like if you're looking for a, a reason <laughs> for her to go full on mad queen yeah. the death of one of her children uh might might have that go like that that might have her be the queen of the ashes and it's also mm-hmm. starting to tie in other things like the fact when she went through her vision quest in the house of the undying in season 2 like she saw the red. Uh, she she saw the throne room. What some people thought of like snow falling, but also a lot of people at the time thought it was ash, like it had been burnt to a crisp. Yep. Um, starting to think that I don't know. Maybe maybe the evil Mad Queen Daenerys might might be something that comes uh, that comes of this, or maybe that's just a future definitely vision could. that she could subvert. Who knows?
0: Yeah, I mean, when you look at the next scene and kind of the the prompting she's getting from various forces here, uh, I could definitely see it. I can see it. Let's get to that scene. Danny, Tyrion, Varys, Alaria, Yara, and Elena are discussing how they're going to take Westeros. Tyrion's plan is to use the domestic troops to lay siege to King's Landing and the foreign troops to take Casterly Rock. Um, he's doing this essentially for uh, political reasons. Danny and Elena discuss. It makes him look so smart. It does. Yeah, he always looks smart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Danny and Elena discuss the plan privately afterward, and Elena tells Danny she should not listen to Tyrion. Instead, she should be a dragon. Yeah, I oh boy. don't
1: know. Like this seems like again more things are pointing towards maybe Danny flying off half cocked because, yeah. uh, um, or I guess no cocked if you're just not going to listen to clever men. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm all I'm all for female empowerment as much as possible, but like it seems like Olin is just offering like almost misandry, like like just just you know men are stupid and dumb, and I've lived a long time because I've never yeah. been on a battlefield. Well... And you know what I'm saying? Like, it's
0: it's like... R- sure, sure. I, I get you. I, I think what is the reason happening here... The reason
1: you've outlived all the clever men is just because you're even smarter than them. That,
0: mm-hmm. that I, I don't know. Maybe it's true. It, I just thought it was uh, not a great argument. So, a couple of things could be happening here. One, for sure. One, Elena just wants revenge. Like, her family line has been snuffed out. She yeah, wants she revenge has before no future. she dies on Cersei. And she has,
1: and she has no future, right. which should make... Danny be wary of what she's saying because, yeah. you know, if, if all she needs is Cersei to die before she shuffles off into the grave, well mm-hmm. that doesn't really line up with your not wanting to be Queen of the Ashes theory.
0: Right. Um now I don't know if this is also happening, but this could be a test. In the same way that Danny is like testing Varys to try and understand his motivations, she could be testing Danny's motivations. Uh, by trying to encourage her in the wrong direction and yeah. to ignore her advisors, yeah. I think that's a risky move. Because um, if if she fails the test, you've got a real problem. Um, depending on how aligned she is with like Randall Tarley, and yeah. you know, I, I don't know what kind of forces she could muster on her own if Danny were to, you know, um, lose the will of the people. I right. guess. Uh, well, but I don't think I don't think she's playing that long of a game anymore. I really think it's just about revenge. And the other
1: thing that sucks to be Tyrion is that I think this his plan is very clever and it was the thing to do. Unfortunately, it doesn't seem like it's going to survive entirely on first contact with the enemy. Yeah, definitely because not. the Dorn are not going to be able to reinforce the Tyrells. The Tyrell army looks like it's going to be split, mm-hmm. and uh, you know. Uh, but, but, I, I mean, that's, that's what they want us to believe anyway. Right. So how are they actually going to lay siege to King's Landing? Um, is Tyrion going to have enough f- uh, ships left to ferry the Unsullied over to Casterly Rock? Like, these are all questions that are, are, are worth asking. And now, you know, a lot of people like, you know, Dan, you're so stupid. You land on this island with your fleet and all your army is stuck here. Uh, and now half your fleet or more is gone. How are you going to get these Dothraki and Unsullied around? And that's a good question. Yeah. That's an excellent question. Uh so all these things are going to really um I, I'm wondering if Tyrion's gonna lose a little bit of power at court because clearly he's the, the driving force behind this kinder, gentler takeover of of Westeros and it's kinda gonna at least partially blow up in his face.
0: Yeah, which might prompt Danny to uh do some things that Tyrion doesn't want her to do and that maybe Elena does. Right. Um. Yeah, that, that's a real shame because I'm looking forward to seeing a siege. Uh, we haven't seen one of those yet, and I would like to. Right. Uh, the one at River Run was not much of a siege. Well, it the, lasted very, very little time.
1: Right. I mean, King's Landing was under siege for the majority of season two. Yeah. And yeah. they they showed. I mean, they, they didn't have the budget back then, but they showed through the suffering of the people and the starvation and the deprivation that. Uh, what what was going and the the preparations like the big uh, trebuchets right uh, and all that the so Nicholas like we full of we have seen it but like now We're, we haven't really seen, seen it yeah seen it. <laughs> we we haven't seen a full full glory siege yeah.
0: on Game of Thrones uh, that that was exciting to me uh, the other thing we learned in this scene is Alaria you know is de facto leader of Dorne at this yes. point she controls all the armies yeah. Um I don't know how that happens politically. I guess you might makes right sort of thing. You kill the person in charge, you're right. now the Klingon, the There's, captain of the ship. Yeah,
1: I doubt it goes down that way in the books. There's very little precedent for you know even high-minded Dorn uh, that doesn't matter. Uh, you know, doesn't care about bastards that much. I don't know how cool they would be with uh, you know a bastard. Uh, leading a revolution of bastards to depose the rightful rulers of the Rome. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, but but th- that's
0: clearly what they've done in a show. And it's surprising to me that there's no inquisition of our of Ilaria as well. Like as much as you want to question Baris's loyalty, I think you should also question Ilaria's loyalty. Yeah, she she doesn't stick it to Ilaria the same way she does to Varys. That's
1: true. You killed your rightful lord, and you know those right. things didn't go your way. Although I will say that Dorne has probably had enough of Lannister shit. Uh uh-huh. um the fact that you know they they already saw the betrayal of um uh Princess Elia as a slight um it's i yeah so maybe maybe the country and then the fact that Oberon got killed and that miscarriage of justice like it may, may maybe maybe the whole country's mood shifted away from the relatively weak Doran <laughs> to to the strong Sand Snake alliance
0: yeah could be uh the other thing correct me if i'm wrong Kevin is a Casterly Rock right now isn't he I ooh um, shit! I wish you'd
1: ask me that because I, I I don't know because the it's one of the things where I think the book and the show have diverged. Okay, but I no Kevin's dead. Kevin was absolutely because I remember looking this up in the preseason. He died in the wildfire conflagration.
0: He did. I don't remember seeing him there. Yeah, because huh. I watched okay. that
1: last episode, and I, I'm so I'm gonna. I could be wrong. Hmm. I'm gonna make a stand and say I think that he's he's dead in the series now.
0: Who the hell is it Casterly Rock then? question.
1: No, they just left it empty. That's what they do. <laughs> yeah, in it's castles. like Dragonstone. They Casterly out, Rock. Yeah,
0: they throw some antifreeze down the storm
1: cellars so nothing freezes over in winter, <laughs> and they just uh, they just take off. Yeah, that's smart. funny because like if Casterly Rock is like lightly garrisoned um, because the, the 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 eerie and the veil. They actually mm-hmm. do that in winter. They abandon the castle because it's just unlivable in the winter. Huh? And they go down to the lowlands. Uh, so you could potentially have three, four, if you count Harrenhal, great castles that are just like open for bit. The Dreadfort. Uh huh. There's there's more castles for grabs than Twins. it's it's the, the real estate bubble has just burst
0: in Westeros. <laughs> right. It's a buyer's market right now. Sure is. All right, then we go over to uh, one of my favorite scenes of the episode. After I got over the. Uh, the questions I had about the scene. Yeah, Miss um, comes to say goodbye to Grey Worm, and he tells her that she's his "quote unquote" weakness, uh-huh. which is essentially, like, he fears losing her, uh, and then he does what he can to please her with what he's got. Uh, Wasn't that
1: a cool J song? Sweetness is
0: my, we- sw- my weak is my weakness. I don't maybe I feel like that was like a. That sounds like something he'd write. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh. Uh huh. I really, really like. This scene, um, I think Missandei and Grey Worm, both of those actors do an incredible job with very little dialogue. Um, uh. You know, aside from uh, Grey Worm's like monologue there mm-hmm. about fear. Once they come together, it's like th- there's there's some there's a lot of unspoken stuff there that I think is really good. Also. You get to see Miss Sandy naked, which is always always pleasurable yeah, for me. Yeah,
1: she's uh <laughs> she's spectacular. I was disappointed yeah, I was disappointed gorgeous. that Jesus. I I I wanted to see I wanted to see uh what Grey Worm was looking like down there. Yeah,
0: I don't I'm not it's sure why purely, they don't show it. It's
1: a purely—he's not a real person, so I, I'm, I there's no one to make uncomfortable with this 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 curiosity and gaze. But it is—it's just pure unvarnished curiosity of like how are they going to depict that?
0: I mean, same with Varys, you know. I mean, really, either sure, of them could open right. the robe, and I—yeah,
1: what's that look like? Like curiosity, of like man. The Buffalo Bill, they, like you know, Buffalo Bill style tuck job with a little bit of latex scars. Probably, like, yeah. yeah. That's how they go down. That's my guess. Um, but no, I thought it was good, and also. You know, since I'm always shitting my pants about my favorite characters dying, and I really like Grey Worm and I really like Miss Sandy, Grey Worm is totally dead now, right? Now that he's like the fact that I've conf- it's it's like it's like mm-hmm. Samson telling Delilah, hey, if you cut my hair, I'm fucked. It's you know, it's like right. this is the, I've I've identified or Superman telling Lex Luthor, hey, you know, I can handle about anything that kryptonite stuff. Like I'm revealing the fact that I have a weakness. I'm and I'm and I'm fearful for the first time going into battle. Yeah. So if he doesn't die it's it's actually a subversion of the foreshadowing, mm-hmm. but boy, it feels like you know giving him this 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 moment that's been brewing for seasons and seasons and the fact that you know because my, my feedback was um pretty mixed between defenses of this storyline um exasperation that with only eleven episodes to go we've got these guys having you know having sex with which hasn't been a, a huge payoff to a, a main
0: storyline. It's the only fucking thing they've got in the right. storyline. Give it to them. Yeah, like the Miss th- not going to get any other glory storyline. Exactly, Freyworm's not going to get to sit on the other. throne in they, the end. They have these are yeah. these
1: are slaves that have had no agency on their lives, and they've they've developed this warm relationship. And I also think that they did with showing the. Um, Unsullied being assassinated, laying with a woman not for any sexual pleasure, but just for you know the the closeness of physical contact, which these mm. men have been denied their whole lives. Right yeah. Like you, you, you and, and as you say, his monologue, he talks about just how fucking brutal this all is. They've never known anything that's that's gentle and and yielding and uh yeah. and warm and loving. So it makes perfect sense that they would gravitate towards each other.
0: Yeah, and Grayworm. Here is a stand-in for all of the unsullied. Yes, and and those two together are a stand-in for all of the slaves that were freed. And this shows by the sta-
1: this is, shows why they're so insanely loyal to Danny because they, you know, the under undercurrent of this is like without her, uh, none of this would have been possible. And these are
0: things yeah. that they're thinking for and feeling for the
1: very first time.
0: And this is the perfect time to do it when they're having conversations about whether or not Danny's going to be the queen of the ashes or whether she's going to do the right thing by the people. This is These why it's important. These yeah. are the people she's freed. These are the people she's fighting for. It's super important in this scene. And I think all of that comes through. They did a really good job with it. Yeah. Uh, so Sam follows the maester around as he collects books for his research. Uh, and he advises him on how to write stories. I would argue that he doesn't advise him very well. Uh, or at least with the titles. He's not great with titles. Mm-hmm. Uh, he tries to suggest a cure for Jorah that he read in a book. And the maester says, oh, yeah, I read that book, too. And you know how the author died? Mm-hmm. Grayscale. <laughs> Uh, later that night, Sam tries it anyway. He goes to Jorah, and he tries to cure him. In a truly horrific scene. It's bad. It's as bad as the one last episode. It's, it's too
1: bad all the Boltons are dead, because... <laughs> they
0: would love They'd this peel shit. him
1: like a potato, and it'd yeah. be all over. Um, I, <laughs> I. But you see why it's dangerous, because, like, Jorah was touched by one of these guys, and he gets grayscale. Mm-hmm. Sam, like, granted, he's wearing a heavy apron and gloves. Yeah, but... But... You know those those uh those pus pockets looked unstable that he's poking lances into,
0: yeah, yeah, you could uh Get some, imagine in your some eyeball spray.
1: or some spray or just like you scratch your nose in an inopportune time yeah um you you gotta worry about like uh little Sam and uh his right. uh uh I've completely spaced on his uh, gilly gilly, thank mm-hmm. you um. Uh, but then again I guess if he's if he masters the cure, then if you get a little touch, you know, you get a little bit of grayscale, no problem. The problem is with Jorah is that it's it's everywhere. It is, yeah. So uh, it's gonna be a long man, the 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 sounds Jorah was making yeah. it's like a, a goat being butchered and
0: drowned at the same time. It was and some of those shots, like the overhead oh. where they show his face in focus and the cutting knot. Yeah, yeah, it was really great. And then <laughs> Sam kind of gets halfway through it, looks up at him, and then just starts sawing away. Yeah, yeah like it's maybe this is like the rip-a-band-aid-off approach. And also yeah. the
1: fact that he's removed maybe like a wallet-sized oh, portion, no. and he's still got uh, the delicate area around the nipple. and it's <laughs> All just, the areas. All the areas. Ugh. Yeah, an armpit. Armpit's the trickiest.
0: It does look like Jorah was ready to off himself, given the text yeah, yeah. of that letter that he's uh-huh. writing. yeah. To Danny. Um, it was essentially like, see a I failed. Did that? Yeah. I did, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, basically, I, I failed. I came here thinking the maesters could help me with all their arts. They can't. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, I failed. I've always loved you. I wanted to live to see what you were building. If there's a life after this one,
1: it. then it kind of trailed off. But yeah, I thought yeah. he was going to do the um, the honor killing. And when himself. he looks over at his sword, they, oh, yeah. they show
0: it. He's ready to kill himself when yeah. Sam comes in.
1: Now, what did so we had a lot of discussions last week about the theory that Sam might be very much like uh, Samwise from The Lord of the Rings, where it turns out that he's actually uh, the one of the author of the tales that you're reading right now. Did uh-huh. you think that there was a little joke here about like the Archmaester emphasizing you have to have research and a, a bit of style, and Sam criticizes his boring <laughs> title, and the fact that we are partaking of an entertainment that's known as a song of ice and fire? Very
0: poetic. That's very poetic. Yeah. I think that they're at least hinting towards that. Could be. Could be. Uh I, I'll I'll say I don't think I'll be like disappointed in the ending if they go that route. Right. Um I do think it's it can it can be done poorly. It's pretty easy to do that poorly.
1: Yeah, because you're, you're 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 treading on dangerous waters. Number one, you're doing a naked allusion to uh, uh, already established respected work. Sam's yeah. already a bit of a Mary Sue character for George Martin himself. Hmm. Like okay. he's this chubby, nerdy guy. that's more interested in wizards and than he is in yeah. warriors. And uh, so, like you know, a lot of but he's also the slayer and he gets the woman. And you know, there's a little bit like I think George has to be careful that he doesn't 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 go too too da- far down to Mary Sue route here, or I guess yep. uh, now it's the double D's, for you know, forget George for a moment. It's 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 Dan and David have to worry about how much of they want to indulge in that.
0: Who would they be in the story? The double D's, They're, yeah. like oh a man, that's a good Mary question. Sue for
1: the double D's. I don't know. They're too. Uh, uh, that's a good <laughs> question. That's a damn fine question.
0: Maybe we can maybe we can think on it a week. And All come right. Back with it. All right. Uh, so we go over to Arya visiting Hot Pie on her way to King's Landing. He catches her up on the happenings at Winterfell, and she decides she's going to head north instead of south, which I was happy to see. Um, she, so I, I was trying to think of like the things she knows happened in Winterfell, or in uh, Westeros, and kind of everything she saw in the play is probably as recent as she is. Mm-hmm. Like That play over in... Mm-hmm. Uh, Essos. Essos in trying to think Braavos. of city bravos yes uh i think that's as up to date as she was before this conversation yeah so i i'm wondering he, hot pie never mentions anything about Santa being there Uh huh. so i'm wondering if she's gonna be surprised by that right if and she just, ever makes it there this might be some
1: more dry pie we're handing out in the feedback but i know people are mentioning or maybe someone asked me why does Sansa know about Arya, and if so, why she hasn't told Jon? And I think I do. I do think they had that conversation because Brienne and Arya uh, and Sansa were talking, and mm-hmm. she mentioned that, in fact that Arya's running around dressed as a little boy, and Sansa's like, "Yeah, that's a that's that sounds about right. That mm-hmm. sounds like my sister." Yep. But um, I don't think there's any indication that she's told Jon that. On the other hand. There was kind of like we we caught the tail end of their catching up talk last season like you know they're like oh it's good to see you we got to trust each other. We did. Who knows what they told each other. And I don't feel like it would be a cheat for uh or maybe it's just because I'm I'm willing to give him a lot of leeway because I really want this to happen. But like I don't I don't, I don't care if Arya shows up and Jon acts surprised or even Sa- like if mm-hmm. if Arya shows up at Winterfell, I'm prepared to overlook a lot of yeah weird like conversations that probably shouldn't happen and didn't
0: oh i'm super excited for that because also ability also just like it's
1: just like after all their talk of trusting each other and keeping each other in the loop and not holding secrets they still just don't seem yeah. like they're communicating that well no it's so re- i it's just this would be like oh, oh sh- sorry for uh, the ari being alive slipped my mind john uh, maybe we should um, oh, head over to that scene. One other thing is, like, I I started noticing on my subsequent watches that there is an unusual amount of talk about surviving.
0: Okay, like yep. you know,
1: Varys making a stand that I'm a survivor, and and Arya and, and Hot Pie saying that him and Arya are symbol are or, or the same because they're both survivors. Mm-hmm. Um that's scary. That's a lot of people defiantly talking about how they're survivors in a, in, in in about to go to major war. <laughs>
0: uh-huh.
1: So, that's think all I think Hot Pie gets it
0: before the end of the the show.
1: I don't know. I mean, everyone everyone needs pies and they like them hot. So he <sighs> might he might be able to find a way to to navigate through the dangerous waters. Yeah, I'm I'm I think more that's worried the about last, uh, probably the last we've seen of Hot Pie. Yeah. I mean, I thought the I last think... time we saw a hot pie was the last you'd see a hot pie. So yeah,
0: but now there's significantly less time left in the show. Like you complain about all, there's um, always... the Sandy Grayworm scene. Come on, hot pie scene.
1: There's always bananas in the hot pie stand. That's all I'm saying. You all can't right. ever, ever, can't ever count them
0: out. Yeah, I guess they're going to be diehard fans. <laughs> uh, so we go over to John, who gets a message from Sam about the Dragon Glass under Dragonstone. And he then goes and addresses the heads of the Northern Houses. Which, by the and way, says, we,
1: we, we talked about the transition of the, um, you know, the surgery scene going into the hot pies. But I really yes. thought it was a nice transition for Arya riding north as John. That panned down and, and John is, is uh, you know, pouring over the map of, of roughly where Arya was riding from. I thought uh-huh. that was a nice little transition
0: too. Yeah, that's cool. They did uh, a pretty neat one with uh, Sam reaching for a book as well, or the Maester reaching for a book. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of funny. Um, but yeah, he John then goes and addresses the houses of the the heads of the northern houses and says he also got an invitation from Danny to go to Dragonstone. He's sort of convinced by the idea of getting access to the Dragon Glass um, and decides he's going to accept the invitation. Everyone here stands up and says, "You're a fool! It's right. a terrible idea, Sansa, uh, Lady Mormont, everybody." Mm-hmm. And. He says he's gonna do it anyway and he leaves Sansa in charge of the north while he's gone. I will never stop fighting for it. No matter the odds. Like <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, no matter the
1: the the Hods? What what is a hod? <laughs> hey, I'm not from I'm not from the north. What's a hod? I don't know. Why is he wanting to matter the Hod? I don't get it. <laughs> he's like I, I just felt like the is that even a? Re- I, did, I mean, I'm speaking completely out of ignorance, but is that even a recognizable dialect of, of English? Like, I just feel
0: like I don't know. I like I'm not noticing it as as crazily as you are. Like, really, he's excited, you didn't get but the, I didn't. No no,
1: no, 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 no matter the odds. It's, it's, yeah. I, I don't know. I thought, I thought, I was laughing out loud at when he got to the, the no matter the odds part.
0: Nice, <laughs> yeah. um, but I, I don't know. I think he's got a pretty good excuse here to do what he's doing. You know, even if. He himself doesn't trust Danny or Tyrion uh, fully. They need what they've got. Mm-hmm. John needs what Danny's got, which is dragons and dragon glass. Mm-hmm. It's the only way they can fight what's coming. And 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 uh, manpower. Yeah, yeah. Having more troops is certainly important. <laughs> Although
1: it's funny because they ne- they don't mention they don't mention what to do with the Dothraki. Mm-hmm. And I've got in my mind like this odd couple situation of like. <laughs> You know, all the wildlings are garrisoning these, these moving to garrison these castles along the wall, and they send also the Dothraki there. Mm -hmm. And, like, you know, you got these heavy fur coats against the guys with the loincloths, and they're just kind of, like, looking at each other skeptical. I don't
0: think the Dothraki are prepared to fight in the winter. No. No, definitely not. And I don't know how you clothe appropriately clothe that many troops Mm -hmm. when... You don't really have anything. Like right. Danny lands in Dragonstone. There's not a cache is of clothing Is there enough there. fur
1: in the north that you can lay hands on?
0: Not, well, maybe you're get Euron in here. Maybe uh-huh. he's as good at gathering
1: furs as he is at building ships. It'd be funny if there's, like, an animated series based on the game where it's, like, all the forest animals, like, just running, like, they they treat men like the White Walkers. Uh-huh. They come and, sp- and take our skins. Wrap them so they're just trying to get south as fast as they can.
0: Get to where it's warm and they don't need our skins. Yep. Uh, there's also – so I've kind of talked about, you know, how they should have sat down and discussed this. Uh-huh. uh it, Specifically, like, Jon's decision here. He should have discussed it with Sansa, and he can't be pissed at Sansa like he for aim-
1: – Like, he went – he got this this note from Sam, immediately called a council. Right. Like, it's so clear that he did not run this by Jorah or Sansa, and it's just like, why? Why? Yeah, you he got their 15?
0: opinion on Tyrion,
1: but he didn't say, this is what I planned to do. Well, not only that, but he got new information. He got this thing yeah, about yeah. the, the dragonglass and didn't even like, like mention it. So, I, I mean, I there's, there seemed to be a fair of amount of people taking me to task, being like, look, why are you sweating this? It's, you know, it, it was more dramatic, and I, I don't know. I just feel like... Well, it both of these characters have made many statements about needing to trust each other and keep each other informed. And mm-hmm. John was the one that had, you know, the last time to kind of browbeat Sansa over it and he's doing the same thing to her. So it's like to me, if that's intentional like, yes, it's dramatic, but also it's telling me something about Jon's leadership style that I'm judging negatively. Yeah. And if it's purely for drama, then that's an unintended consequence in a narrative that shouldn't be there.
0: Yeah, kind of the the communication here between Jon and Sansa is a clusterfuck. Because yes. it starts off with Sansa saying, not a damn thing, right before they're about to go potentially get killed right. in the Battle of the Bastards. Right. Uh, about... You know, having the, the Lord of the Veil vale behind them. Yeah. Like having Robin behind them, having Littlefinger there to come in and save the day. They could have held off for an hour, for two hours, and waited for Littlefinger to get there, and then it's no contest. But yeah. instead, she kept her mouth shut. She didn't say anything, and John ran off and almost got killed. Right. Doing... And many, many guys died that day that probably didn't need to. And now John seems to be doing exactly the same thing to I know. her. And I it's, know. it's ridiculous. I don't know if John's just petty. Or that's what, what it is like I,
1: it's it's it would be disappointing to me if this is just them going for the drama and not thinking things through, but like you know right. with this show it's almost in it's in hindsight whether like oh is this an intentional like showing something about John and and, and Sansa's leadership style that's maybe fatal or it's a complication, or, or is this just oh, wanna it be awesome to see them get in a fight and then just when you think things are not out, John and trust her to with with the north.
0: <laughs> right, and then
1: Brienne's over there, like yeah. I woof, mean, it's, woof, woof, it's a know? moment. It's yeah. for
0: sure, it's a moment. But like, at what cost? At, wh- it, right. at what
1: cost to the characters and what we think about them?
0: Also, during that moment, I couldn't help but think, oh, how fucking self-serving Sansa. Oh, you've got a huge problem with him going off until he hands you the North, and then you keep your mouth shut. Oh yeah, no great idea. See mm-hmm, you, John mm-hmm, Nice mm-hmm. bye. Don't let the <laughs> gate hit you. Well, it did
1: address. It did. It, it, I, I thought it. It made sense that it shut her up because number one, it's shocking. Yeah, it's shocking that she's now going to have the power while he's gone, and that that's a sign of. Uh, even though that you could argue that this, you know, keep not not informing her was a breach of trust. This is like an immediate mm-hmm. reversal of breach of trust. Yeah, um, and it's got Littlefinger like kind of stirring, like oh, well, oh, there's another rung of chaos I might be able to climb, and <laughs> like I like Brienne's kind of smug, like yeah, this is gonna be. This is going to be all the single ladies in charge now. Um, <laughs> I, I, it's a, it's a good scene. It's just uh, mm-hmm. I I walk away thinking that this is going to be a problem of John can't get this internal communications thing nailed down.
0: Yeah. Um, so yeah, speaking of Littlefinger, uh, the next scene is him following John to the Crips. To tell him that he loved Catelyn, and now he loves Sansa, and and also, do you have any other relatives I could yeah, get with? Like,
1: you have a younger, an even younger
0: sister, <laughs> right. an even more
1: inappropriate target for my affections.
0: Uh, and John chokes him. He, he says, "Don't ever, don't even think about touching Sansa, or I'll kill you personally." Yeah, and then he leaves Winterfell.
1: Yeah, there's a lot to. So I don't understand what Littlefinger thought he was accomplishing here. Right. Like, if it, it almost seems like if this was some sort of bug up John's bonnet that made him leave Winterfell so he could put the moves on Sansa or start manipulating her again, but John had already made his mind up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt like, you know, reminding of all, Littlefinger trying to go and remind him, like, hey, I brought your father's bones, didn't have to. Hey, I loved your mother. That was cool. Also, I know that she was kind of a, a bitch to you uh also i uh, i i you know i saved your ass and also i love sansa like it seemed uncharacteristically misstep by 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 i don't know what he's gonna go show Sansa's bruised neck and be like look, look, look what your
0: <laughs> look what your brooding fucking
1: brother did to me he's a madman like,
0: i i don't get his play here now it felt very desperate, like this is the last chance I'm going to get yeah. to to speak with John. I need to get some hooks in, and but he, his hooks were shitty. His hooks were yeah, just the wimpiest
1: of all. Like he's hooks. He's hunting for bass, and he's got stink bait on his hooks. <laughs> like he's 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 trying for
0: bass. He's going for catfish. What the hell? Uh, I I thought maybe he was trying to make a play here to rule alongside Sansa with John's permission. I don't but- like I. I don't know what his deal is, but yeah. it didn't work. Obviously, it was shut down immediately with the choke slam, right? Uh, just like Ned choked him. We talked about that kind of in the
1: just and, and, take. and just like you know Ned's brother also beat him down right. for trying to make moves on Kat and, and the the originals. Yeah, oh yeah, that's right. Three Stark men have beat the shit out of him for stepping through their women. Now,
0: now that you say it, did Ned choke him?
1: Yeah, he's like when he thought he was. He said, oh, "I'll take it to your wife," and he takes him to the whorehouse. And yes, Ned grabs yes, him he's okay. like, "Oh, you think you're a clever man, don't you?" <laughs> right. So,
0: yeah, bad track record. with He the should starts.
1: just have like a Stark-sized hand tattooed on his throat. You know. Yeah, I
0: think he backed the wrong horse. <laughs> he should have backed the Boltons, honestly. Because <sighs> like, that would kept I think him, he's got that more be, of a chance
1: with them. I think you're right. That would have kept him in good graces with Sir. I mean, maybe his weakness is Sansa. Yeah. Like, he's, like, I've I've always been skeptical that, like, even if he loves Sansa, she's still second place next to his ambitions. Right. Which explains why he threw her to the Boltons and all that, because I don't buy that at all. I did not know anything about Ramsey. Uh-huh. I know everything that happens in this fucking kingdom, but I didn't know that one of the most notorious butchers in the north was a notorious butcher.
2: Uh-huh. Um,
1: I, I don't know. I can't figure him out. I don't understand his, I understand his angle. Like, at the end, like, Sansa and, and John share, like, a melancholy goodbye, which I was trying to read a lot into, but, like, well, John's going off to something – like, if, if Sansa really loves him, mm-hmm. John's going off someplace dangerous that she thinks he's got, like, you know, good odds of being betrayed, that would explain the look. John thinks this as well. Mm-hmm. He's also worried about leaving his sister behind. Like, there's plenty – I think people I saw online people were just jumping at to like oh look at all the shifty looks Sansa's giving to Jon and I like I
0: feel like there's a lot. It's a complicated stew of emotions.
1: Yeah, and it's you know that that there might be elements of that. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying that like I don't think you can be like look at look at her eyebrow twitch QED she's going to be the Mad Queen in the North. <laughs> right. Um, and then Littlefinger, I thought, looked like uh, a, a junkie looking for his fix. Uh-huh. Like, he's, you know, he's... he's, he's Y'all got, a, got any more of that betrayal <laughs> on you? You know, got, got any more of them chaos? Um, I uh, he, he, I don't know. He, he he looks small this season. Yeah. Like, I, I, I think he's at the end of his rope. And... I think Brienne's yeah. going to throw him off a tower next episode. Could be,
0: certainly could be. Or Sansa might do it herself. Yeah. Uh, my question, I guess, about about this whole scene—that would with be John funny if fucking Sansa choke slams him too, <laughs> right? Yeah. Don't you think about touching like, me? or yeah, I'll kill right. you myself. That's right. I used to wrestle my brothers and dire wolves. <laughs> <laughs> I'm twice the man you would be, Littlefinger. Uh, so we've been talking a little bit about, you know. Whether Tyrion, or Tyrion, whether Littlefinger knows about John's heritage, right mm-hmm. about the the secret Targaryen roots of John. Yeah, we're talking a spoiler podcast where like, oh, they're down into the Crips.
1: Littlefinger's going to get crypty, crypty down there, right?
0: None of that happened, and this uh-uh. would be the time to tell John if he was ever going to tell John.
1: Do you think Littlefinger wanted to, and he just took a couple bad missteps
0: and ended up getting? That's what I choked, wonder. Choked up. Yeah. He choked. Like he, This was all like a preamble to what he really wanted right. to say, but he got choked out before he could. Like I said, I still
1: think it's a good chance that Littlefinger knows all this, but also it could be that Littlefinger's going to play this now that he sees everyone's rightfully skeptical of the Targaryens. He's going to use this to paint John in this negative light. But I, yeah. I just, I just feel, feel like the North, like they might think that John's doing something stupid, but they're never going to trust Littlefinger. Mm-hmm. And also, Sansa... We, we, I don't think we talked about this enough, but Sansa's got all the goods on Littlefinger. What do you mean? Like, I mean, to to what end? She knows she he 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 killed the rightful ruler of the Vale, and now she lied about that. But, like, if she came to say, like, you know, he said he was going to kill me if I didn't back his story, and I was so afraid, and like, then he traded me. Like, what Northman or Vale person is going to be like. Uh, Yeah, but you lied to us. We're going to believe Littlefinger. No, Littlefinger is going to be instantly seized and fed the wolves. Right. Like, he has got – the only reason he's still breathing is because Sansa hasn't decided to turn state's evidence against him. I mean, the reason he's breathing is his stranglehold over Robin,
0: right? Like but he's, if he Robin have... is
1: so far away, and, like, I which know. is better? Like, the fa- if Sansa drops that bomb – does his relationship with Littlefinger? That I don't. I don't. I, I think Jon Royce is like. Well, it's a good thing Sweet Robin's not here now, mm-hmm. because then I might not be able to do this. But he, you know, I'm just gonna have to tell him a real. I'm gonna have to have Sansa explain because you know he's got a sweet spot for Sansa too. Yeah, that's their thing is like if if Sweet Robin had to decide who to back, do you think it would be Sansa, who he's got a little kind of pervy cousin crush on, or Littlefinger, who's did- a cool dude and all. Mm-hmm. but he's not a beautiful stat,
0: you know, super tall, elegant, uh lady of the north. Yeah, I'd probably give us Santa. I would too. But uh I don't know, that would take some time to shake out and I don't know if they have time.
1: Yeah. That's yeah. the question. I would I would take Santa too and I'm not some horny pubescent kid with mom breast issues. So <laughs> okay. I think he takes her three three times
0: and six on Sunday or whatever the expression is. That's it. You got it. Three times and six, <laughs> six on Sunday. <laughs> Uh, so we go over to what I think is either the best or second best scene of the episode, depending on, uh, what you like. Arya and Nymeria are momentarily reunited in the woods. It's certainly the emotional core of the episode. Yeah. No, it's fantastic. Um, Namiria chooses not to go with her to Winterfell, even though Arya is begging her to, essentially. Uh-huh. Um... And for good reason. I, I really love the last line of this. I love Honestly, I I think Maisie Williams does a fantastic job in this scene. Crushes it. Uh, there's nothing to say except for that's not you. Um, and it, it brings us back to season one um, when she's sitting with Ned. And I think we talked about this in the nope. Instant Cast. And he's talking about the frilly dresses and marrying mm-hmm. lords, and she says, that's not me. Right. She's always been a lone wolf. She's always run with a different pack. Uh, she sees Numeria doing the same thing here and not coming with her, and she understands it, and she even uh, admires it. I mean, you can see her go through the emotions. She's just like, when Numeria when yeah. first leaves, she's like gutted,
1: she's heartbroken. Hurt, confused, but then, yeah. Yeah, she realizes that she's being true to herself. So,
0: And this close-up is just amazing.
1: Let's talk about the for and against evidence for the various interpretations, because there's essentially two interpretations. One, uh, the one that you ultimately convinced me of, is that this is going to reaffirm Arya's decision to go north and reunite with her family. Mm -hmm. What is what are the pros and cons of that that uh, line that you want to take?
0: Uh, I I mean, the the obvious thing here is that Namiria is traveling with a pack, right? She's created her her own pack, but. it it is the pack who's loyal to her Uh and that could be seen as the Starks who are the wolves Mm -hmm. um, and Arya returning home to be with the pack. Mm -hmm. I think, I think that's the most um, convincing argument from that side. Right.
1: What's so the other one is that she's going to proceed South on her mission to kill Cersei. Yeah. I think there's also at least as much evidence for that too, because she could see that like, I am like Nymeria, like, you know, there is this um, kind of bond between the Stark children and their wolves and, you know Namiria got abandoned and got tossed out of her home and 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 front from her family for all the same people that Arya was mm-hmm. and Namiria is not ready to go home and be comfortable and embrace but love she's still out fighting to fight she's still right. a wild animal that that will not be tamed um so i guess like i feel like those are about equal weight as far as evidence goes and uh, then i apply mm-hmm. my personal bias if i want to see Arya be happy and also yeah. i think that I also think it makes logical sense that she would go and at least meet up with her brother, who is now king in the north, so that she can be more strategic about what she's doing. And then you know, like, because cause wouldn't wouldn't he need you know having a faceless man is a huge advantage in a
0: war. Yeah, but absolutely,
1: uh, like one that works pro bono. Are you kidding me, uh-huh. Jesus? So I I don't know. I thought uh, I, I I I go with the fact of her going north because you with the pack uh, that really swayed me, and I, that's what I prefer to see. But I think that. It's it's clearly up in the air about what you got from from that scene.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. My personal bias in this scene is there's only one castle with Littlefinger's face in it, right? <laughs> and I want to see Arya get that, so yeah, uh, she's got to go north, in my opinion. Yeah, but we'll see. Uh, we go over to the final scene here where the Sand Snakes are rousing each other. It's pretty it's bad. Having their Mama bad Mia slumber party. Yeah. It's it, so gross. Hate, really just hated this uh, part the, of yeah. the scene.
1: Like, I like that they died how they lived. Annoying as fuck. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> True <laughs> to themselves, yeah.
1: With their little daggers and their spinny staffs and their fucking whips on a ship.
0: and. Yep. Uh, I thought the the portion of the scene where Ilaria and Yara are flirting in front of Theon was pretty good. I see. I very uncomfortable with the whole thing.
1: But they they did this. I I get it that this is the guy who shoved his his hands down his sister's pants and 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 fe- felt her up. Uh huh. Uh. So he in in his days took sexual liberties with her and was pretty gross, but. At what point is enough is enough with this guy? Like this is the I think third time that she's sexually teased him like this, and this was like mm. also the element of like an open invitation for right. making yourself. I I I don't know. I felt yeah. I felt like it was super gross and dumb and made me yeah. like both all all characters involved less.
0: Huh. Okay. Uh, they're about to start banging below decks when Euron's fleet attacks. He boards the main ship. He kills two of the Sand Snakes. He takes the other and the Laria. And Yara captive, and challenges Theon, who chickens out and jumps overboard to save himself. Right. Uh, great, great scene. This is maybe the best scene in the the whole episode. The right. the choreography, the effects, everything is just top notch.
1: Right. Plus, uh, seeing the literal pirate king in action. Yeah, yeah. That, that's always Yara been like the proverbial pirate king, but he's actually a pirate king. He
0: is. Uh, he's more than just you know talk.
1: He also takes an enormous amount of punishment. With no ill effects, like I mm-hmm. thought, I think that I saw uh, him get hamstrung five times. And as far as I right. know, a, a person possesses no more than two hamstrings, Jim. Yeah, that's true. There's one one in the back of both your hands. <laughs> <laughs> and once that string's cut, you're da- I mean, wasn't that the argument for like Lancel last year? Like a little boy goes and dirks him in the back of his leg, and like he's f- crippled. Like, h- how many of the sand oh, yeah, snakes yeah, got yeah, him? Right. And and you remember also that their blades are supposedly poisoned.
0: Not- yeah, so I don't, I don't know if he they did, didn't get through the armor or what. Like I, oh, could it's do, very yeah. very dark, and that's true. And the room that I'm in, watching this during like at 7 p.m. is a little too light to really see much of anything. Yeah. So, but they're they're showing they're
1: showing them cutting the back, and he's making like ah, and they're doing close ups like I, yeah, I don't know.
0: Yeah, I I felt that too. I was like I thought he got stabbed a couple of times. But. Yeah.
1: Now it's something in it's the books not. that they mentioned that a lot of iron like very few people wear full armor on ships because if you fall you overboard under, it's a yeah. death sentence. But Ironborn are one of the few that do because they don't fear drowning. Right. It's like right. A, it's like that's like going to heaven for them. So it's uh-huh. like it could be a point that he's just wearing hellacious armor. I don't think they established that very well in mm-hmm. um but I, I don't know. I mean, certainly he's probably more armored than Lancel was, wearing his stupid robes.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, you don't know what he's got under those robes, right? Could be wearing full plate mail. Could be. Could be. <laughs> uh, yeah, and the, I just can't help but laugh out loud every time What's her face busts out the whip. I'm like, this is the worst possible weapon, and it gets her killed, as it should. I mean, you sling a whip at somebody who's got a sword yeah. or a, an axe, a fucking great axe yeah. and they're going to chop you in half with it. Unless your name
1: is Indiana Jones and <laughs> right. the movie would lit like like if this was the sand snake song of ice and fire, you can get away with swinging a whip like that. Yeah. The plot you got you got plot armor that that's going to beat Euron whatever magic armor he's wearing. If if not and, you know, I don't know. Like I I don't have a problem because, like, I always thought the Sand Snakes, as implemented in the series, was annoying and very poorly done. So it it is a little bummer because as awesome as this scene was, I couldn't help but think about how much awesomer it would have been had we not had a relation, an actual relationship with the Sand Snakes where we cared about them. We saw that they were badasses by their own right and also that Euron, you know, that he had had some, some, some chops. This would have been a real... Like you know, a battle worth looking forward to. Instead, it's just a surprise, and like it wiped the sand snakes off the board. I think. I mean, certainly Uh, Obara and Whip Girl is are are done for. Yeah, they're
0: both on the front of the boat. Tiny, is that the one that's the Mama's girl? It it might be. I don't. I don't remember their names. Honestly. Um, Yeah, but she. It looks like her and Alaria and Yara are all taken captive. Yeah. by the end of this, and I mean the fleet is gone. You're mm-hmm. on just entirely fucked. The whole fleet. I don't think I don't
1: I don't know that there's evidence this is the whole fleet because obviously I, I mean, Tyrion is, needed two fleets to take one half. You know, take take the uh, the unsullied up to Cast yeah their yeah luck. the Dorn
0: the the fleet that was gonna take Dornish oh yeah. up is oh yeah, done, it's gone. gone
1: yeah that like the Dorn yeah. are now going to have to uh, you know traverse over land to mm-hmm. get to King's Landing. Which, you know, <laughs> Which Dorne take is known for being mountainous longer. and deserty. It's it's not the easiest thing in the world to do.
0: Right. So, so the siege, as far as I can tell, is going to be either a half-assed one or it's going to be totally off. I think, you know, just I, I feel like it's, it's just
1: not going to work. I feel yeah. like that they're not going to be able to contain the Lannister army and... Uh, yeah. You know, and then with the with the Tarleys probably joining them. I don't know for a fact, but it seems like that's what they want us to believe. Yeah. Um. I don't. I don't think that uh, the door won't be there, and the
0: Tarleys will be divided. So, and it makes me wonder, like, how. I guess devious um, Randall is willing to be. Is he willing to stab them totally in the back? And just I don't think so. Jo- pretend like he's going to join the Tyrells in the nah. fight and then turn on them during the middle of the battle. Nah, or... I don't
1: think. I don't think he's got that in him. I I, agree. I, I would yeah. feel like as much shit as he talked about not being a schemer and a backstabber. That he, yeah, it's only an appeal to like it's it's the his appeal as a countryman and standing against these foreign savages and invaders that 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 kind of won the tide in Jamie's favor. So like. Mm. I would be pretty disappointed to see them abandon that the next episode.
0: Yeah, I half expect him to send a raven declaring like right. to the Tyrell like, declaring, declaring for Cersei, "Here's yeah. my reasons and any true
1: any true Tyrell bannerman would see that this yeah. is this Lady Olenna has gone crazy with grief and uh, but I mean that's it's it's a tricky situation because these <laughs> Lannisters like they're the reason you don't have a lord. mm mm-hmm. Mhm on heirs and people to fight for, which I know seems silly to our mob, but like that meant a lot back then. So for sure. Yeah. um, It's, it's, it's a, it's a very powerful political alliance and people are very attached
0: to their politics. You know, we see that today. Uh, I do like, um, you know, the, the explanation of the gift here, obviously the gift is Laria sand, right? Mm -hmm. Um, That's the one thing that Cersei really, really wants Mm -hmm. is revenge for killing Marcella. And this is the um, one who did it. These were the yeah. lips that did the deed. Absolutely. So, uh, I'm it. It when I when I realized, okay, this is the gift, and Cersei's going to do some nasty things to Ilaria. It made me wonder what the hell happened to that Septa, who's yeah who's still wonderful. like still is she get, still getting tortured by probably. the mountain on his off hours like probably yeah she's got to be either that or dead yeah.
1: Uh, I don't know. Maybe we'll but get that's to, probably uh, fate. I, w- I would say that we might be get a horrifying glimpse of the Septa when where whenever we get this find out where Ilaria is going. Yeah, she's going down to the black cells too, and we'll probably probably why miss a chance to show the horror that's in store. Um, what do we make of Theon? Like I I, I felt there's a lot of frustration at him being craven, which. I don't think it's fair from the mm-hmm. understanding of how the human mind works as far as trauma goes. Like, uh-huh. you know, when he's get seeing all these people dismembered on the the boat, like, it, it could be that he just had a purely biochemical reaction and he's like, I'm out. Yeah. Also, Theon had no chance against Euron. <laughs> I wouldn't think so. I mean, he's a competent swordsman, but
0: Euron's a beast.
1: Yeah, there's just no effing way. He's just going to go and die. Yeah. So, like, is it better to be the lone survivor that can maybe dog paddle back to Dragonstone and and tell Danny the disaster that happened? Because that's the thing. Is like, how long is it going to take for Danny to know mm-hmm. that you know uh, w- will be will she know instantly? Like, how far out of Dragonstone did this happen? There's yeah. a lot of compelling arguments about. Hmm. Um, the fact that Euron was heading to Dragonstone just to attack their fleet and try to do something, mm-hmm. um, and that he kind of got lucky that half the fleet was actually at sea, right? With probably a skeleton garrison too, because they're wanting yep. to have leave a lot of room in their ships for men and horses and supplies to be loaded on. Yeah, so he wouldn't load a bunch of like you know soldiers and stuff on the way down there. So he just kind of got uh, he kind of got lucky. He was in the right place at the right time. He was heading mm-hmm. to Dragonstone. They're from Dragonstone. So it kind of makes sense that they would they would they would be in contact. Yeah, that seemed like it made sense to me. I'm not I'm no longer like calling bullshit about him
0: just happening to to see them in the dead of night. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I think my favorite theory about you know Theon's fate is mm-hmm. that Gendry's gonna row up and <laughs> and toss him in the boat. Yep. Lift him out of the water with one arm. Yep. Set him down like a tiny child. <laughs> Waters like these, a man's got to know how to row, Theon. <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, Here's the thing about Theon, (laughs) though. The last true-born son of Robert Baratheon
0: (laughs) rowing in to save the day. I, as... Okay, so from Theon's perspective, I I totally get it. Like, I don't think he had a chance against Euron. I think the things that he's experienced and been through caused him to, you know, understandably be cowardly in this situation, Mm -hmm. be afraid. Mm -hmm. Um, But as a viewer you really want to root for Theon. You want to root for Theon. You want to see him succeed and overcome what he's been through and take out the big bad and protect his sister. And it's heartbreaking to see him make the opposite choice. Yeah. And, and you to want, not be able to go through it. And that's that
1: the thing. things like how much of it is the fact that he was trauma and he just, w- w- just broke in this moment and how much of it was uh, he actually had a strategic idea that my death will mean nothing, so if I can live to fight another day... Maybe inform Danny what's going on. Like that's the better the better call
0: here. I mean, it's doubly tragic though because Yara came to save him when he right. was you know under under Ramsay's right. influence.
1: I was a little disappointed in Yara throughout. Like you know, not only did you just you know sex tease your brother for whatever reason, but also the, the how disappointed she seemed like in this decision. Mm-hmm. I mean, did she really think that he was going to save her?
0: Was I, she hoping? That I he think would she just died hoped, in the attempt. I think she hoped that he would. Show the same courtesy that she did. Yeah. Well, the I mean, same... he, that's the
1: thing. is like he was too afraid to even save himself. Yeah. Uh, so I I don't know. I don't know.
0: No, uh, I mean, it's meant to be a moment where you're disappointed in Theon. Yeah, you are.
1: Yeah. And it, the thing is, there's and been worked. so many of those moments. It's like, what are they trying to do with this character? Yeah. Like, I, I've really thought, like, you know, it's like, wow, this is a whole different arc than I thought. It's similar to, like, when we saw you know Jamie it felt like that they were developing this friction between Jamie and Cersei and then they just completely reset that back. Yeah. And I feel like this is the same thing with Theon like they were moving his character in a certain position and then they set him back. Same thing Sansa. They're mm-hmm. moving Sansa to this position where she was going to learn how to wield power and 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 study under Littlefinger. Nope, she's being traded to Ramsay Bolton so she can right. be, you know, raped and savaged. Uh it's weird. Like, I know I criticize that all the time on The Walking Dead, how people just kind of, like, go tack back and forth rather than setting consistent course, and it seems like Theon's doing a little bit of negative tacking here.
2: Hmm.
1: But I don't, I don't know what I'm supposed to I mean, he's such a, like, even if he's important to the plot, he's not going to be the top ten most important person. Right. So, like, in, in the grand scheme, do I really give a shit mm-hmm. about Theon? Answer? No, I don't. Okay. Like, I, I just don't think about him. That's the episode. Before we get the feedback, uh everybody go uh, if you're interested at all, go go check out our club sale at club.ballmove.com. You can get 25% off a membership if you use the code GOT2017 and this offer expires July 31st. So this is like the last of our full podcasts that you'll you'll hear a reminder. Uh, if you wait for next week's Tuesday podcast, it'll be too late. It'll be August 1st. So we have uh, another reminder in the spoiler another reminder on an instant take. Um, but the club sales, they are not long for the world. Go to com and use the promo code GOT2017 to get that 25% off a, a membership. Uh, lots of great features. Like I said, in the, the, um, the uh, housekeeping, we got a, Atomic Blonde movie review. Uh, we got Empire Business, where we're taking people behind the scenes of like the, the nitty-gritty of running a podcast startup. Uh, lots of other special features. You can get previews of all that at club.baldmove.com.
0: So check it out. This week's sponsor is away it's a travel company that makes luggage um, that they actually sent us one of these um, one of these bags they have a couple of they actually have four different sizes but a couple of um, carry-on sizes which is nice for me because I never like to check a bag uh, they they sent one to me right before con of Thrones so I got a chance to play with this thing and I thought did, it was actually did, pretty cool did you
1: tow it behind your car do, the what? way the, down to Nashville I,
0: no so I guess I didn't do like an official Test of it. I mean, you got you either you either get
1: gorillas, and I don't think we have gorillas, or you tow it behind your car. That's the way you test luggage. I, it's canonical.
0: I put it in the trunk, so it was at the back of the car. Is thats <laughs> that all right? All right, fine. Uh, I've seen your trunk. <laughs> but it's messy. Uh, but I did, I really like this suitcase. I actually, when it came in, I was a little skeptical because it felt too lightweight to me to be like super sturdy. I have seen, everybody can like kind of remember seeing in the, the, Turnstiles. What do they call the airports? Yeah, turnstiles. Yeah, those those things with have the luggage going around them. Mm-hmm. Uh, those conveyor belts. You can see those really hard cases that have like cracks down them, and they're like chipped, and they just look nasty after a while. These are actually a lot um, have a lot more give to them in the plastic. They're hard shell uh, carry on, and I I feel like they would probably hold up a lot better. And that is the claim that instead of you know having this very rigid surface. If uh, only you dragged it behind the car, you'd know for sure. I would. I jumped up and down on it. It <laughs> felt pretty good. They claim they're unbreakable. so um, And they give you a 100-day free trial on these things. So if you don't like it for any reason, you can return it. Um, so, you know, if you want to get one and test the claim that they're unbreakable, I say go for it. I
1: like that feature you told me about, the the built-in battery charger.
0: Yeah, this is the coolest thing. Um, and, and the feature that I feel like every bag needs and so many are lacking is they have a built-in USB charger for your phone, and it holds, I, I, I can't remember if it was four or ten times the amount of juice needed to charge an iPhone fully. So really, like, this bag will charge your phone over the course of your entire trip if you're gone between, like, four and ten days. Uh, it's pretty amazing. It actually has two different USB ports that you can plug your phone into. Um, you can charge a couple of phones at a time. I definitely tested out that feature and it works exactly as advertised. Charges your phone. It was super sweet. Like I've never seen that on a bag before. I was like kind of giddy when that came in.
1: Very cool. Can, um, you, can you lash four of them together like Tom Hanks did in Joe vs. Volcano and sail to a desert island?
0: Yeah. Why not? Okay. Why not? Uh, they do the use lightweight.
1: Probably helps with the flotation.
0: It does. Yeah. They they are the reason they're able to do such a good price on these is because they. You know, like every internet company who's selling directly to the consumer, they don't have to go through these distributors, then cut out the middleman and you get the savings there. Um, and they use very high quality materials. There are actually nine colors and four sizes to choose from. Uh, the two carry-ons I mentioned, then the medium or the large for extended stays. Um, they're all made that, you know, the material is this German polycarbonate. We always talk about the German engineering with most of our sponsors. That seems to be where the engineering and manufacturing goes (laughs) when you want good quality stuff. Um, but it's it felt very sturdy to me. Um, there's you know kind of all the interior features you also expect from from bags. You know like the compression plates um, or compression system. That's not really a plate. It's like a mesh that goes over your clothes and can compress them down. You fit quite a bit of stuff in there. I packed for my whole Con of Thrones, which was like a five, four, five day trip. Uh, no problem with all like costumes and all sorts of crazy stuff in there. Uh, fit it all in there they have um it's one of those bags where you can kind of have it upright on the wheels like on all four wheels they've got the 360 spinning wheels um which provides a really smooth ride and lets you like gives you a lot of options as to how you you roll it through the airport um and the best thing i think is that they're all like these carry-on bags are all sized appropriately to fit in all the major airlines you know strict requirements so they're not going to say no no that bag's too big you got to check it Charge you forty bucks for it. Gate checking. Yeah, it's ridiculous. redicable It's ridiculous. Yeah, don't don't be ridiculous when you get on an airplane. Um, and also they have a combination lock built in. That's Randall Tarley's third son. redicable <laughs> <laughs> Yep. And they call him that because he doesn't use the away bag. That's right. It's uh,
1: just ridiculous
0: to think about it. But apparently, I didn't know this. But the TSA has like an approved combination lock that you can. You can do, and oh, it's yeah. on this bag.
1: They gotta, they gotta, they gotta be able to search your stuff at
0: at, at a moment's unconstitutional I guess so. notice. Yeah, uh, but that's built into the bag as well to you know keep your stuff secure. Uh, I actually really liked it. As I said, there's a hundred day free trial, so you can you can try it out and give it a thorough testing. Drag it behind your car. Have your gorilla, your pet gorilla, stomp on it. Sure. Um, and if you don't like it, you can return it for a full refund, no questions asked. And also, you get free shipping. On on anything – okay, they're reasonable about this, but they're not over generous. The 48 contiguous states. Mm. You're in Hawaii, you're in Alaska, you might have to pay a few bucks for shipping. Right. But
1: otherwise, free shipping. Do they ship the luggage into slightly larger versions of themselves?
0: <laughs> you know, they should. <laughs> they should, but I think the value there might be too good. Ah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, like I said, if you would like to get a suitcase and save $20 – you can visit awaytravel.com slash got and use promo code GOT during checkout. Do we have some feedback to do? Uh, we do. I just want to talk about a
1: couple things that I got a lot. I, I didn't. I uh, I got a lot of feedback for not talking about it, so I want to uh, head some of these off. Number one, the giant that we saw in brands vision slash uh a cold happened the cold the no it wasn't, it wasn't cold, cold. it was cold, but it wasn't open <laughs> right. it, it's not one one right uh, yeah, yes, he does have he's missing an eye, but it's the opposite eye one one there's like all kinds of arguments people are like, oh, did you notice the grass was green? like I don't know what the hell color corrected television you guys are looking at, but like I know, none of that grass looked green to me. It looked like this your standard permafrost. Alaska tundra shit I that he, they were marching through.
0: How how I'll we get s- shit about not talking about a thing when it's. Not a thing you should even be talking well, about with because like, it's self evident. Like I know. Guess what? Guess what? Let me let me just talk about this right now because I know it's on everybody's mind. Uh-huh. Cersei is not Arya right now. That is not <laughs> Arya with Cersei's face right, right. Now. I, Should I, we go through the list of characters? I, I know it's like, yeah, is It's, not, it's, it's, it's like, the
1: wrong eye. The fucking grass. Your eyes are smoking it instead of looking at it. <laughs> uh, uh, one one died at Winterfell. Right. The, it, His if, body if, has if,
0: probably been burned.
1: Yeah. It's a big plot point to the fact that the the army of the dead is north of the wall. So how'd they get around the wall? Uh, also, John is not an idiot. He's been burning bodies since season one. If he doesn't burn yeah. a gi- giant body, and he deserves every undead wrong eye <laughs> shot out, one one is coming down <laughs> right. his, his throat. So no, Absolutely. <laughs> if you, you're free to believe that the giant is one one, or some future one one, is a premonition of one one, but I th- that is not a, that is not a stance that's endorsed by Paul. Move
0: definitely not.
1: Uh, all right. So I just want to talk about that because like, I got like 10 emails about that. And like, I swear to God, this week I got 50 because, like, oh, I noticed you guys didn't talk about it. <laughs> They're like, ah! So anyway, just teasing. I love all you now guys. Now you're going to get
0: emails. Well, why are you guys wasting time talking about right. these things that clearly are it's untrue? it's funny. That that's, that's whole
1: thing, it's, it's, it's a bit of a bit. It's, it's the way I amuse myself when I'm drowning in feedback. <laughs> all right. Jason S., Big picture question, what do the White Walkers want? Like, hypothetically, if there's no wall and no one stood in their way, what would they do? Just take over castles? Keep walking? Is their goal to bring winter to the entire world? If so, then what? The walkers, as opposed, to whites are conscious, intelligent, and intentional in their actions, uh, more so than just simple wandering zombies. They seem to have some purpose or goal, something more than just being scary and murdering and reanimating someone. I don't think uh, or everyone rather. I don't think Gurm has given us answers to these questions, but I'd love to hear hmm. your best guesses.:
0: I do. I think they want revenge
1: yeah, yeah They're against the but against who the children of forest they've been they everyone, seem like they've been
0: defeated, the people who created them. They people, were the people I that grew yeah. But at this but point. they I think they view everybody as like the right. trespassers, you know. Or
1: if there's the co- if they were coded to destroy the first men, mm-hmm. like and they've gone they've essentially outlived their purpose um or didn't get the message that the children of the forest like it could be that they're just trying to do what they're set out to do, which is destroy all humanity. Yeah. And that's why this is happening. Um you know but it does. I, I don't know. Maybe they I don't heard know how nice
0: the weather in Dorne is. <laughs> yeah. They just want to experience it. They've been it.
1: cold for thousands of years. They want to see if they can get to someplace warm. Yeah. They don't understand that just by walking there, it's going to make it a frozen hellhole. <laughs> um, but on the other hand, have you ever had frozen Arbor Gold? I haven't. It's, no. Oh, so good. So good. Are you talking about the red or the white? <laughs> <laughs> the white, the white, oh, okay, are you because yeah, it's like you know they, they that's a it's a classic Westerosi treat, they take their ice cube trays, uh-huh. they fill it up with arbor golden red, little they tooth t- little toothpicks the they free oh and such Mmm mm just just, just <laughs> such 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 so nice, so nice, um. Any other thing? we? Because the one thing about my... I I like the theory about them being these runaway automatons. They're essentially Terminator's been programmed to kill John Connor, except for Mm -hmm. they think everyone that's got two legs is John Connor. Right. That doesn't have leaves coming out of their ass is John Connor. Except for every time I see the Night King, he seems a little more... he, He seems too human to be just something that's just running a routine mindlessly. Like he gloats, for example. Yeah, like I, I don't think yeah. I don't think a, a a weapon of war like gloats and mm-hmm. intimidates and and they're surprised when their
0: weapons are broken by Valerian steel. Yeah. for instance,
1: which is another thing. Like if if all these prophecies are true and all this has come to pass, how the hell are they surprised by that?
0: Yeah. What? Hmm. There's, there's, that's what about the idea that they wouldn't be doing this if not for Bran? They're they're trying to eliminate. All think, of the the Green Seers, yeah. So I think they and, got the, and Bran is the thing that's actively bringing them
1: south. The problem with that, I guess, is that it's a chicken and egg problem because Bran was recruited by the Three Eyed Raven before or, or after the White Walkers had already
0: started marching. Right, but weren't they trying to find him? Well Why would they? Was he? Did they know? No, he no was not gonna... Bran. I mean the the. Three eyed Raven. Oh, but he's been up there for a hundred years. Yeah, but he's been in that tree, like hiding, right? But he still they in didn't that know tree. where he was. He didn't
1: Yeah. So again, still in the tree, he's dead. But but what I'm saying is why would that be the impetus for them to march then? Why would they decide, like, well, you had a hundred years, old man, your time's up. I don't uh, know. Maybe
0: some new shit came to light.
1: I, maybe, but I'm saying it's like we're <laughs> not, not sure, privy. Yeah, and also yeah. the the other thing is like I would say that we know far less about the White Walkers in the books than we do in the show. Like really? they' they've revealed okay. so much more about their intention okay. and origins and possible identities in the show than they ever did in the books hmm. okay um so i i i don't know i don't have um i don't i don't have great question answers for you jason but i I do think that you're right in that there's got to be more to them because i've always felt like they can't just be mindless pure evil beings because that's not very martiny mm-hmm. Michael P, I know there's a bunch of hand waving, which I don't mind for the most part. But if you're on Greyjoy, truly has a thousand ships, and he brought a huge army. The ships we saw are pretty big; we would probably take at least fifteen to twenty men each just to sail them. At least uh, that would mean he has fifteen to twenty thousand men. That seems like a very large number for the Ironborn. What are your thoughts? Oh, it's look. I had a lot of people. This is there's the other feedback I want to stem off. Like, I get it. We, you know, the, he didn't say build me a thousand ships on the last episode. He said it like four or five episodes hints, so that gives you a couple of weeks or months. But just as a favor for me, before you send me an email, Google how long it took to build a tall ship, uh-huh. like like the little Christopher Columbus types up to like you know the USS Constitution. Mm-hmm. Like just just Google how long it took a fairly modern society to crank these things out. And then explain to me how, in six months to a year, to a decade, mm-hmm. that Euron built a thousand new ones. And there's also like, well, she just stole his best ships. He still had some of these shitty ships. Lined. He, Those he look said like pretty good ships. He also said, "Build me a thousand ships, and I'll give you the world." So yeah. like, I'm not inclined to give him that wiggle room because that's not what he said in the show. Maybe he, he say, still had
0: 999. He didn't say,
1: "Bring me a balance of a thousand ships between <laughs> okay. the shitty slow ones we have left and the new badass ramming." Pyrotechnic jaws of death that we have, it's a, a, and that are better than anything that we've ever built before. Like mm-hmm. it just none of this makes sense. And the, the manpower, the fact that the Iron Islands made these things when they have very that's that they have very for very poor natural resources. None of this makes sense. Mm-hmm. You just have to kind of roll. And I'm I, I'm not gonna I don't I'm not bitching about it. I wouldn't even talk about it if it weren't for my email box clogged full of people trying to say it, it's pot. Po- it's, no. it's not. It's not impossible unless he's just making shadow ships out of his pee hole like yeah. like like he's got the lord of the light making ships for him that, that that but that's that's magic too. So, yeah, it's Michael, it's 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 super dumb and distracting. Uh, hopefully we can move past it. Uh, Nick F, I listened to your cast of the season opener and thought you talked about the army of the dead scene in the beginning, unless I missed you saying it, I think you neglected to focus on Brandon the Giant. I thought at the time that they were making clear that Bran had warged into the giant and was watching the army because they zoomed in on the giant's white eye and then flashed right to Bran's face. Am I Mm -hmm. misreading or misremembering? Um, That's possible. I actually think that's that's the coolest of the theories, the fact that Bran was intentionally warging into this dead giant as, like, a spy on the inside to keep track of where the Knight's King is. Could be. That there might be now this, like, Lord Voldemort, Harry Potter connection where they you know they now like yes the night king knows where bran is but bran knows where the night king is Right. and, and that's kind of an interesting shadow boxing scenario mm-hmm. and i honestly i didn't even consider that it should have been obvious um you know going right to bran at the white oak cuz cuz we never seen him do a werewood like surfing without touching a tree but we see him warg into things all the time yeah without touching it
0: hodor for instance yeah uh yeah that that's hmm I thought it was cool. the, the the whites do have like milky eyes, right? Yeah. Sure. That, and that's that's
1: the other that's the that's the contra. It's like, well, but
0: but I would say it's totally possible that it's brand. plausible. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, I would imagine I would imagine that would be firmed up, because if that's an ability that he's using, we'll probably get to see more of it. Like, yeah, that could be a, just a teaser. You know, like John's like, you know, where's the Night King at now? And his eyes roll back in his head. Oh, he's he stopped for Starbucks. <laughs> right. <laughs> and he stopped again because of Starbucks uh, uh, down the road. Well, mm-hmm. we'll see. Uh, I don't think it'll be a one-off is what I'm trying to say. Charlotte Kay from San Francisco. You may have covered this in a previous discussion, but I haven't heard many people talk about something that seems pretty bald-faced to me. In the season 6 finale, Danny sends Dario away and talks about needing to be available for the possibility of a marriage alliance when she gets to Westeros. Then later on, we learn that Jon is actually the son of Lyanna and Rhaegar, which makes him half Targaryen. Wouldn't it seem to follow that due to the penchant of Targaryens to wed and bed blood relatives, she would marry Jon? Not only would it make strategic sense since he is currently the King of the North and can bring half the kingdom into the fold, but they also have similar ruling of for the people styles. Practically speaking, he's also one of the only unwed males left in the kingdom that would add any value to her campaign. What, what, Euron? Euron's not Euron's not a, 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 a <laughs> eligible bachelor in your eyes? No. Come on, no. Charlotte. I don't think you're being fair. Maybe for Cersei. Um... It would also make um, logical sense for John since Danny is possession of Dragonstone, a large amount of Dragon Glass, with so three fire breathing dragons. Also, he's got no other prospects, let's be honest. <laughs> he's going to marry his sister. That's, yeah. that's very Targaryen, though. That's true. Uh, although I guess Sansa's it his cousin now. Yeah. Um. All right. So what is the case? Because I, I know we've talked about this. I want to see if you can articulate. What is the case against John and Danny just getting married and.
0: Look, I don't want to put Danny in a Targaryen box. Like, you know, (laughs) she can do her own thing. Yeah, she's a Targaryen by blood, but I think she's got her own ideas about the world. Mm -hmm. So to say she's got to go marry her brother or a a relative, uh, John would be her cousin too. I I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I feel like that's
1: nephew. It'd be that she'd be his nephew.
0: Nephew? Because she's sisters to his dad. Oh, okay. She's the daughter. Oh, well, that's just creepy. <laughs> uh n- no, I, I feel like she can marry whoever she wants, but John is a good choice. You know, if you're gonna marry somebody, the king of the north is not a bad strategy. And that's also you got the song of ice and fire,
1: she he's from the, right. the north. He's literally king of the north, she's gonna be queen in the south, like you know, like there's there's it's thematic as shit. Yeah. All right. What's the case against it though? Uh
0: I don't know that I have a good one. It's this. I, I mean, it's, it's, it's meta,
1: but I feel like it's just too matchy matchy. You think so? It's what everyone has kind of thought of and dreamed about since like early on in the season, like our series. Like you know, Danny
0: is this queen, and she's going to come over, and John is this brave guy, and they're going to. How about this? We just learned that you know it's a translational error uh, to talk about a prince. Mm-hmm. Instead, you'd say prince or princess. What if it's prince and princess? Right. Dragon has three and, heads, and ice, fire, and John and Danny. And, right.
1: I don't know. And, just saying. And Brand's the third head, just hovering over them like a force ghost. Like, a, like like Obi Wan Kenobi and Anakin looking at for, over from the fire. They're
0: gonna have to put some kind of spell on the bedroom so he can't see in there. <laughs>
1: um, and also, I just think there's a lot of foreshadowing that Danny might turn out to be crazy. Yeah, that's true. Um, or at least they want us. I mean, they, that's the thing. Like, there's so many wheels within wheels. So sometimes I get like. Well, they know I know this, which means they must be doing, but they know I know that they know that. And it's like it's, it's like fucking Princess Bride, man. Right. At some point, you just got to drink whatever wine's in front of you and, and, and see what happens. Sean McGee. Uh, first, an idea. If Ger- Germ ever releases Winds of Winter, y'all should do a reverse podcast going over the differences between the books and the show to prepare <laughs> book readers for the new book. If, you, uh, if I want to catch up to the show, I'm given it previously on. Worst case, I watch a few episodes. Having to reread Feast and Dance would be brutal when all I want to do is dive in the winds. It'll be at least five years for most people, and the video medium is far more recent and more vivid. Um... I don't know what I'll do when Winds is released, but um, I guarantee there will be something. Mm-hmm. Um, the only the only way it wouldn't is if Winds never comes out, which is a distinct possibility. Oh, but George
0: promised it in twenty eighteen. Yeah, well, George two, sixty eight two Westeros books.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well. Yeah, he, and that's the thing. Oh God, God, <laughs> you're baiting me. I he, am totally. Yeah. So he he did this thing last week where he essentially says, uh, "Maybe I can get wins out in 2018." Which people are like, "Motherfucker!" In 2015, you said three months. In 2016, yeah. you said three months, and then and then you said that. But next year, definitely. Now you're saying maybe 2018, and also you're writing another book. Like yeah. wh- what? What? <laughs> He's. Tr- I don't. I mean. Again, yeah, George Martin's not not my bitch, but I'm not his either. And I'm starting to think that like speaking of communication troubles, like this guy, the fandom, mm. it's it's a fucking it's a fucking basket case, man.
0: Yeah, honestly you should just
1: say it'll be done when it's done. Yeah, he should totally do yeah. a valve and then stop talking. Yep. Get like I, I don't understand like he still runs this live journal blog. And it does far more harm than good at this point because everyone's just surf- sifting through his words. And like when yeah. he talks about watching a Giants game, people get pissed. Like no, I, I get that you 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 don't want to stop doing the things. And I'm not saying you shouldn't have to write or keep a journal, but maybe maybe get off a get off a Twitter and get off a live journal. I don't mm-hmm. know. Obviously, I'm not George Martin. He's far more successful than me. But I did have the number one podcast for Game of Thrones for like a brief part last
0: last. Does that compare to the New York Times bestseller <laughs> list? I'm going to say no. Well, I'll
1: tell you what. I'll finish my Game of Thrones podcast. I will get to the end of this and be done with it. Will he get not, done? With th- not next year. You won't. Well, you know, maybe, <laughs> maybe. Uh, Su- uh sean says my fear george M- martin is like fat axel
0: oh no <laughs> fat axel <laughs> like
1: like with axel rose he's paralyzed by his success and endlessly dickering over details to make sure he doesn't fall- fail under the weight of his whole game of thrones franchise in short i'm afraid wins won't just be late but it'll be bloated and boring like chinese democracy yeah that's possible um i remember the old joke is like that we'll have chinese democracy before we have chinese democracy yeah um and the yeah, Chinese democracy is out and we still don't know how it's the winter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I it, I I got to say just so you guys know where I'm coming from is that I stopped caring sometime last year. Mm-hmm. I realized it had been so long since I've read the books and had that and it had been you know, and the fact that there is already this like double and triple talking and I don't I don't know what's going on in George but it isn't good and I just I just stopped caring about it. If we get it great, I'll definitely read it, we'll talk about it. I'm just you know, how much, How long can you stay in that expectation of, of, of something?
0: Yeah, as a show only guy, I've never cared.
1: There so. you go. Rory, I figured out what was so strange about the Arya Walter Frey scene in season seven, episode one. Remember in season five, episode 10, when we see Arya remove faces from Jack and Hagar and the Why Are You Crying scene? The way in which she removes the faces is really cool. She uses a five-fingered pinch motion. There's even a little sound to punctuate it, and the face slides off. Elegant. Fantastic. Slick. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now look at the Season 7, Episode 1 face removal. It's the fingers under the opposite jaw motion, identical to Mission Impossible. There's even a stretchy, plasticky sound. There's no subtlety <laughs> to it. No magic. No fantasy. It's as though she made the mask from rendered bear fat, molded wolf fur, and congealed blood rather than using what you learned in the houses of black and white.
0: So this, this is this the is feedback interesting. I get. So this is interesting, actually. Like, Does this lend any credence to the idea that this was a hallucination when she was doing it in the house of black and white? How I, easily the faces come off?
1: I remember there was a there was there was consternation among Star Trek fans that Dr. Pulaski held the tricorder differently from Gates McFadden
0: because the buttons Crusher. are in the same place. Why would she hold it differently?
1: And at some point you gotta realize these are actors, these uh. are directors. they're separated by countries and time zones, and they I like. There are some people suggesting that, like, there's there's several people, and this is why I read this email, suggesting that this means something. Mm-hmm. The change. Like, either they're dissatisfied because it's too Mission Impossibly or it means... I'm like, you've got people ripping faces off. That's Mission Impossibly already. Like, I don't I don't understand why the exact Tom Cruise hand motion has people upset or whether you can divine that there's some kind of... She's not doing it properly or this. I, I, I just... I I. That could all be true. I'd just be super surprised about it. Mm-hmm. Like I just really think this is this is the the what she did on set and she forgot what she did four years ago or the director wanted her to do something different. Like I I just don't think it's a big deal, guys. Yeah and gals. Uh Josh H. Do you think there's a connection between Tyrion, John, and Danny and that they all killed their mothers and on their way into the world? This is interesting, especially if you're wanting to play the three headed dragon game. Hmm. Uh Tyrion his mother died giving birth to him John's mother obviously died giving birth to him and Danny Stormborn also in the middle of that giant storm uh, her mother died just after she named her
0: hmm. I didn't
1: know that now the contra that theory is that a lot of women died in childbirth like women not dying in childbirth like mm-hmm. as a common thing is something that's very very recent in our modern history yeah childbirth has always been it's a it's evolutions uh uh, str- Stradding the gap between pushing out as big a brain from a human pelvis as possible and not killing the mother, right? And it rides that line pretty ragged. And when the mother dies, well, her narrow hip genes don't get passed on to the next generation. Mm-hmm. So, is it is it is it shocking that in a cast of hundreds, that three of them would would die? Now, the other thing is that yes, all that's true, but also this is a constructed story, mm-hmm. so it does it mean anything. I think it's 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 got a it's got a better chance of mean something than Arya tugging her face off right north south versus east and
0: west yeah I I don't think that's going to play into the story um but
1: it does play I, I'm into, not like, sure of
0: that like it seems like that there's there
1: is this like people have said there's power in blood and when you shed blood and whether you intend to or not it does like release a power into the world or makes power. so. I guess the hmm. fact that if you're brought into the world with a with someone that you love dying as a result, that seems like especially since we're talking about um, these are all l- like like you know high and mighty, once were kings in their own right type of blood. Um, maybe there's something to that. Maybe. Uh, Van Ellen P. Everyone seems to be assuming the order of conflict resolution will be one: resolve the conflicts amongst the human factions, such as Cersei, Danny, John, and then two: face the White Walkers. But what if they decide to do the Babylon Five route instead? On Babylon Five, there are two major enemies. One of them, the faceless foreign, um, a faceless alien foreign invasion, the shadows, and the other a human domestic, President Clark and the evil Earth government. I've not seen but a couple episodes of Babylon Five, so I'm just rumbling with this as a literal literary illusion. Uh, What Straczynski understood is that the domestic human enemy, with a name and a face, carries more resonance with viewers than a foreign, faceless alien horde. Even though the faceless alien enemy is powerful, it's almost like a force of nature, a hurricane, say, than an identifiable enemy. So he chose the heroes resolve the alien conflict first and then deal with the domestic foe at home on Earth as the big finale. In the Game of Thrones terms, Mm -hmm. this would mean Jon and Sansa and company face the White Walker menace, maybe with Danny's help, but without Cersei at all involved. She sits on the sidelines... Then the survivors unite against Cersei, which would make sense for another reason as well. The clash of the White Walkers would perhaps weaken the hero's forces enough to reduce them to something like even terms with Cersei's side. As it stands now, Cersei would have zero chance against the combined might of all her enemies, but maybe not after enemies have gone through the ice zombie meat grinder while she watches from the sidelines. Hmm. I thought this was pretty astute analysis, and it also upends, I think, the conventional wisdom. It does, which certainly. is you gotta deal, you gotta, you gotta unite the realm
0: and then fight the, fight the threat in the north. Yeah, I, I think I don't dislike it. It's, it's kind of the exact opposite approach I think I would take if I were writing the story. Um, but I, I think, you know, the idea that the audience can relate more to the battle between the humans is a good place to end that story. Mm-hmm. Because then, it, you know, if you deal with the the more relatable thing and then have this looming thread of some supernatural force that you don't know that much about... Yeah. Maybe people lose interest in that final season. I
1: mean, I mean, we've we've dealt with Cersei's smug ass from the beginning, uh-huh. and I get it that the the White Walkers were also a threat. But like, what have they really done to piss us off? Killed that one mother we liked up in Hardhome.
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, brought her back.
1: Yeah, you know, it's like that's like they, they there's nothing like the things that Cersei Lannister and and her ilk have inflicted on us emotionally, mm-hmm. Um, and the Lannisters as a whole. So I I think it makes a l I think it makes a lot of good sense. Yeah. Uh Stephen Jay, the John choking Littlefinger scene in the crypts reminds me of the season, scene in season one where Ned choked Littlefinger outside the brothel where he was hiding. Cat. I'm not liking the foreshadowing for John's future, especially with Ned's statue framed conspicuously in the background. I didn't get this when I first watched, but I got to say, there's a lot to what Stephen here is saying. Like, like father, like son, with your dead father looming in the background. Now, of course, he's not his real father. Mm-hmm. Um, but do you, do you think that this is? Um, should we be nervous for John? The fact that this is kind of like you know you choke you choke little everyone that's choked Littlefinger, and this is a true fact, has died shortly thereafter. Yeah. Uh the Brandon got got summoned by the Nad, mad king and and and, uh, and putting some kind of contraption where he had to kill himself to try to save his on fire father. Ned got his head chopped off. Uh and now John's doing it down in the crypt.
0: Uh are you are you afraid? As as you know someone with more knowledge than John has of Danny and where he's about to go. Uh I'm not super afraid or at least I wouldn't be. If John knew why he was going there, and I think he's got a distorted view of the situation because of Tyrion and that letter and what he said, I think Danny is expecting John to come there to pledge his devotion, mm-hmm. and he's not going to want to do that, like, you know, just totally have her leading the show. I think that he's going to want some kind of mutual leadership position, and she's not potentially going to be willing to do that. Yeah. And... With Elena there, like pushing Danny's buttons, saying "Be the dragon," mm-hmm. I could see a bad fate for John. I'm not even saying.
1: I guess this foreshadowing it doesn't have to. It doesn't even have to take place like at the hands of Danny. It could just be that he's going to die.
0: I mean, it's going to be a while. well. Who knows with the pace of this season? But I assume it's going to be a while before he gets to Danny and then goes off and does something else.
1: Yeah, um, no, so. that's that's true. Um, I'm not overly afraid, but I just thought, you know, since I, I, I guess I am because I think anyone could die at any time. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I kind of agree. I I don't know why I've decided. That I think John is is probably going to survive, is more likely to survive than Danny, because hmm. I guess there's not been any hint that John might be evil. Where even in this episode, okay. after Daenerys and and Varys hug it out, she ends it with like, "Hey, if you have crossed me, I will burn you alive." You do realize that, right? like yeah you can tell me to my face what you think i'm doing wrong and i'm gonna set you on fire (laughs) if i disagree with you in any way like yeah there's not been that for john like john banishes doesn't execute i mean it's not like he doesn't execute but you know does anybody want to sit there and say anything about janos slint or oh come on yeah Yeah, he's he's killed people who deserved it they all deserve deserve what they got
0: yeah you know i'm considering the other side allowed essentially like i'm you know, I'm I'm very much convinced that John and Danny actually are both going to probably make it through this series. Um, wow! So I, I'm just sort of considering aloud the possibility that they won't, but I still believe that they will. Paul O. asks, "Do you really think this is the last time we'll see Daenerys?
1: Why ever remind everyone that she's still out there at the pack of wolves? If this isn't a plan for her to come to Arya's aid at some point in the future?"
0: Well, it it, it reflects on Arya, right? Like, yeah, that's the more important thing that it does here.
1: It could be Chekhov's lost direwolf, and you know you could reveal be. her, so, so she's um, available for later on. But I, I agree; I think it's just a character, a nice character moment for Arya,
0: and it's going to send Arya down a road. Right. You know, Arya has had a realization about herself, and what that does is set her up for her next move. Mm-hmm. That's why it's important. Yeah, not that Nymeria is back,
1: and it's a pretty artful way to do it. Like you yeah. could have this long, like Arya just soul searching herself or talking over the hot pie, but I honestly. I, I, you know, they did it. It was way more artful and cool and emotional just to have it be a reaction. And I don't, I, that's the other thing that's kind of miracles. I still don't know exactly which way they're going with it. Uh huh. But there's evidence for both. And I thought it was really great. And it was all done visually. It was a show, not tell moment. And I'm always going to back those when people do it. Um, A man writes in anonymously Says I feel like I need to say something about the Grey Worm Sandy scene I myself Am a transgender ma- man In other words I spent the first 21 years of my life As a female before physically transitioning To a male I'm 27 now have a full beard a beautiful girlfriend and a wonderful Life that being said the obsession With castration and endless cockless jokes On the show always makes me cringe a bit Worse are the endless jokes and questions about Grey Worm and Sandy could possibly have some type of Romantic or sexual relationship The question of, how will they even fuck, is way too similar to the way society responds to trans people. Listen, man, there are many ways to fuck, and it's refreshing to see this show scratch the surface. I'm not here to preach about romance versus sex, nor do I feel that being castrated is the same as being a trans man. I just want to say that the scene between these two characters is absolutely beautiful and speaks volumes about my experience as a trans man navigating the world of love and sex. Something I never would have imagined seeing on Game of Thrones. I truly loved and appreciated the scene. I know you guys have mentioned how these characters don't seem to have chemistry in the past, but I hope this episode changed your mind. I also hope that the show watchers can step outside their own experience for just a few minutes to understand how the boundaries of our bodies can be overcome when we find a partner who loves us as we are. Uh, well said, I man. I can think of nothing negative to say about that. Um, and yeah, like I don't think we've been huge fans about the Missandy gray worm thing, but... I felt like the payoff was pretty good.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to decide if that has. I don't think it's retroactively gone back and changed how I feel about those scenes between them Mm -hmm. um, in earlier seasons, but I do think this scene was extremely well done. um, And and you got to think like to the extent that
1: these characters who are important but B tier characters would have an arc. This this is a good arc for them to have.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Totally.
1: Um, I just am slightly afraid for Grey Worm (laughs) because we now have have found his weakness. Uh, Peter in, I did want to get your guys' opinion on Varys' motives throughout this series. He has revealed that his true intentions have been to conspire with Illyrio to, in order to return a Targaryen rule to H- Westeros. This is shown by a uh, conversation Arya overheard Varys and Illyrio having in the Dungeons of King's Landing, where they talk about starting a Lannister-Stark war at the same time Daenerys and Caldrogo come to claim the Iron Throne. He's also saved Tyrion from beheading, delivered him to Daenerys, and constructed the alliance between the Martells, Tyrells, and Targaryens. The thing that never made sense about Varys' motives were that he ordered the assassination of Daenerys at the command of King Robert. I was so excited when he finally was called out on this in the show, but I was very disappointed by his answer. It seems to me that he was saying that he was never loyal to the Targaryens and didn't know Daenerys well enough to try and spare her life back then. Mm -hmm. If this is the case, then why has he been plotting to put a Targaryen back on the throne since the Mad King was killed and Robert took the throne? It seems like his plan has been uh, to put Viserys and later Daenerys on the throne since the beginning, but was perfectly fine
0: to be complicit in her assassination. Um, oh. I mean, as I understand it, he just wanted to see someone who he thought wouldn't be just the worst on the throne. Yeah, he's like... And so he's upsetting the status quo... He's climbing a ladder
1: of chaos, but for the realm instead of for his own personal. He's glory. almost
0: building the ladder of chaos mm. in a lot of ways, um, but but yeah, he he's doing it for the people, and whether that's a Targaryen that's on the throne or whether it's a Stark on the throne or whatever, he, I think, wants what's best for the realm. Do you believe Varys? I do. Yeah. I, do too. I mean, that's that's the only thing that makes sense. I are, guess. are
1: are we Ned Stark deciding to trust Littlefinger in season Pro- one? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. I mean there's a lot of in, there's a lot obviously more detail in the books as far as maybe Varys' motivations and whatnot. And I also mm-hmm. think they hinted there's enough in the show that if you just wanted to understand um like Varus' thought process here is King Robert orders the death of Daenerys. Mm-hmm. Um and there's there's dialogue in the books and maybe even the show where like between Littlefinger and Varys that they can that instead of like hiring a faceless man, which Danny's ass would be as good as dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, instead what they did is they promised a lordship to the assassinator And then there's also evidence in the books which I don't know if that then there might uh, there might be some in like when when Jorah is forced to confess his role in spying on Danny um that there is hints that Varys actually warned he simultaneously put out the hit on Danny but then warned Jorah that the hit had been put out. Hmm. So yeah. that he was on alert and, and, and was able to snuff out the wine vendor and all that stuff. So okay. it could be that this is, again, a, a calculated move by Varys to try to appeal to the current monarch that he can't defy at risk of his neck and also ensure that his 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 scheming went on unopposed.
0: I do – I forget his response in this episode when – you know, Danny says, "Oh, you thought my brother was a great king, or whatever." Mm-hmm. I forget what he says to that because I think her assessment of her brother is dead on. He'd be a terrible king. Um, I think
1: his response is, "We, I knew nothing of you,
0: other well than- of Danny, right?" Like he, but why would he want to back Viserys instead of Robert? I think. I mean, it wasn't. Didn't you
1: get the idea that like that's part of what very, he was trying to say? Look. If Viserys was a nightmare, I would have I would have ganked him too, and mm-hmm. kept on trying until
0: I got it right. Okay, like I, I but he couldn't really say that, and there were no other options. I mean, why right. is like Rinley not an option? Why is like that's a good question? Stannis probably would have been a better king than any of them. Possibly, like, possibly. I he certainly would have been a better king than Viserys. I don't that's know where, why. That's
1: where I do wonder if we haven't got like I. I think you're probably right that when he literally says I'm I'm serving the realm that 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 probably means something.
0: I think that sentiment is true because
1: I don't think he could ever hold real power. I don't think Westerosi, as, as 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 configured as 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 Varys could imagine being configured, would ever be something he would sit on the Iron Throne and rule. Yeah, I don't. think So, so. I do think it's it's more of an altruistic, and and he's got a you know his backstory. It's like look, I've you know, you and I both have been, you know, uh, powerless and moneyless and with no lands and titles, and we know what that's like. And I know what the suffering of the common man are, and I'm looking out for those because someone should. So I, I believe him, but I also think there might be a little bit more depth to it, or some—we're so not getting the whole story.
0: Do so you think there's another wrinkle in
1: in, in Varys' story? I haven't—I haven't seen him outside of his robes. There could be all kinds of robes. <laughs> probably are who knows. Uh, Ruby from Dallas. I got nauseous when I saw Kybern's big ass dragon sized crossbow. There's a oh. sig- kind of symmetry between Joffrey and Cersei here, both looking adoringly at their new weapons. <laughs> I'm imagining yeah. a s- situation where Cersei gleefully pulls a trigger, impaling a dragon, and Danny watches help us to stop it. We're going to have to watch a dragon get skewered like Roz. If Danny wins the inevitable battle against Cersei, I'm afraid it will come at a cost, and we need all the dragons we can get to defeat the White Walkers.
0: Oh, one of those dragons is going down.
1: I, I you know I, yeah. I gotta give it up to you, Ruby, because I didn't even see the symmetry between Joffrey's obsession with his crossbow mm-hmm. and and cruelly killing things for fun and uh, Cersei's. Yeah. But that's uh that's that's pretty interesting. You know, I never I never considered Cersei a monster on the scale of Joffrey until the last season or two. Mm-hmm. Like I, yeah, she until the
0: wildfire. She's thing.
1: she's up her own ass, and you know she's playing the game the way she sees it, mostly ineptly. But I didn't see the same cruel streak, yeah, the same murderous, insane streak in her until. So like that's that's, that's it's a good catch. Uh, moving on, Tim wants to know of the following plot lines, which will be resolved and which will be ignored. Uh, Hodor's fate. Will he come back as a reanimated right, white? You, you got an up or down on that, Jim? Up. He's, I think he's coming back. It. I yep. mean, why wouldn't he? He yeah. was killed by the Army of the Dead in the middle of the and Army of the his Dead. his body was left there. So. And it's also yeah. going to be a gut punch to see him marching with uh, one of these days. So, yep. like, I, that seems that's, that... I would be disappointed if we don't see a, a, a zombie Hodor someday. Mm-hmm. Uh, what would be cool is if Bran wargs into him and, like, starts whipping ass. Right. Um, two, Arya's wish to kill ill and pain and the mountain as well as Cersei. Ill and pain and the mountain have already been got. Ill and pain by the real-life actress struggle with cancer, and the mountain by, you know, Oberyn.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, she'll get... I actually find... Fought... She'll get another kill. How about that? Yeah, she'll get another kill as a Cersei, because there's, like, there's just...
1: That seems a little too neat that seems a little too neat. Um I, I feel like that there's more thematically interesting ways Cersei could die. Um but we'll see.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Hmm.
1: Um a- Arya's desire to see what's west of Westeros. Now, no, that's not going to happen. Yeah. I don't see that happening for the return of Gendry. Uh <laughs> no. I am I'm, I'm selling my shares of Gendry stock. I've been yeah. I've been I've been trying to move them as as quickly as possible. <laughs> I suggest everyone do so as well. Um, Edmure Tully, after the siege of River Run, Frey said they'd ordered him returned to the cells of the twins. We actually talked about this a lot on the spoiler podcast, but yeah, yeah who is running River Run right now? Uh, who gets the twins? Yep. Uh, Edmure Tully could reunite the Riverlands and be a valuable ally to, to John and Ari for that matter. So I feel like that's almost certainly going to be addressed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and six little fingers offered to Olenna of a handsome young man. I think that's already come to pass. I felt like Littlefinger offered a handsome young man to Cersei and provided Oliver, which was the male prostitute that provided evidence against um,
0: Marjorie and Lancel, uh,
1: our, our, and Loris. Lan- Loris, yeah. and then he provided Lancel to Elena to to balance that scales, yeah, um, and turn turn evidence against Cersei herself. So I feel like um, I could be wrong. But I don't feel like that's something that's still dangling. I think that, that already happened right in front of us, and a lot of people missed the significance of it because mm-hmm. they were thinking it was going to be something more epic. Like John. I don't know, strung up with an apple in his mouth. Yeah. Um, Andrew M., does this setback break Danny's faith in Tyrion? It seems like it was foreshadowed pretty heavily by Lady Olena's ignore the clever men speech, and all the women were advocating attacking King's Landing immediately. Yeah, I, I, don't you?
0: Yeah, no, I. I mean... He had a plan. It was thwarted. Yep. Uh, how much can you trust his military tactics now? Yeah. I mean, that's... You, you, the. I think he got a bad run of luck. Yeah. Um, it was a good plan that, that he couldn't have seen that outcome. But yeah. still, yeah, I think she's right not to necessarily put too much faith in him.
1: I mean, a lot of military campaign, especially in the olden days, comes down to luck. Mm-hmm. Like, you know... Just, just, just minor little things, and you know, some, weather. Like some commanders get this reputation for being unbeatable, and did they really deserve it? And some commanders that yeah. were like super tactically brilliant just got shit on his luck. I mean, look at Stannis. Yeah. Um. So I think I I think that yeah he's going to pay a price. I don't think that she's going to like fucking feed him to a dragon or anything. <laughs> no. But I do wonder if that will cause Danny to overreact in another direction, which will bring some sort of some momentary tragedy
0: yeah. to them. Uh, I mean, there, there has to be a, a clash of dragons at King's Landing. You don't build the ballista and then not use it. So I could definitely see her wanting to be the dragon now and taking her dragons to King's Landing and mm-hmm. losing Mil- one maybe yeah. to sort of rebalance her.
1: Um, Matthew B. The Dornish army should be entirely unscathed by Euron's assault and still quite formidable. My question is with the orchestrators, of the Dornish coup that killed both princes now either dead or captured who did Adornish follow now? Will they still be motivated primarily by vengeance and stick with Danny? Will they decide they've already lost enough since everyone who wanted uh, revenge has gotten killed and sit this one out, or do they become free agents that would be even wooed by the Lannisters?
0: It's the dude with the big axe. He's he's running the show now. He's dead too, though. He's dead. Yeah. Who killed him? Fucking Sand Snakes. God damn it. His Sand, Sand Snakes big are killing badass, everybody.
1: Jeweled axe and didn't get to do nothing but slice <sighs> Canopel.
0: Can can. Can, of, can I mean, cantaloupe with it we haven't there's literally no one in Dorne who we've seen now like right. that could be in a leadership position so yes. Dorne as far as I'm concerned is entirely out of the equation maybe
1: they will have find these little kids like they did at the north and have them kneel in front of I don't know Some other Dorn person we don't know. That's the thing. Like like, this, yeah, they're done. It's like when people ask me who gets the dread. I mean, I fucking don't. I mean, I I can't pull answers out of my ass. Like, right? um, That didn't happen in books yet, and the show has not shown us any other minor lords that were in Roose's cult, the Mm -hmm. court that could. You know, it's like it's, it's just question mark. So, yep, that's a really good question. That yes, even though the Dornish army is there and still intact and formidable, because they're the one army that. Really hasn't been bloodied yet in this war. Yeah, uh, it's it's a head it's a headless giant now.
0: Yeah, as far as I'm concerned, they're not going to be a factor going forward. But they do have a massive army. So to
1: the extent that the Sand Snakes had the people's love, I do think a person like Tyrion, or um, I'm trying to think of who would be the emissary to send down there. Like, would they respect Grey Worm because of his military prowess? I, I don't they, know. They, would they respect uh, yeah. Varys? I wouldn't think so. Um I feel like Tyrion is the one. He's the most he's he's the most Dornish of yeah, them. Yeah, but he
0: he like just free- failed big time. <laughs> like you know the same thing about Danny could be yeah. said about the Dornish would they trust, would they his trust him? prowess? Yeah. and he's in fact
1: that he's a Lannister because that's a, a big deal right. too. Maybe Danny goes down on himself, herself and personally flies a dragon where, down yeah, there. Yeah. There you go.
0: That's the quickest way to get there. Land
1: a dragon on Sunspear and be like, "What's up? Everyone's fire and <laughs> right. blood, follow me!" Yeah. Uh, <laughs> she—it's the slowest troop transport in history. She just <laughs> has her like, two guys, two guys per dragon, three dragons. You can move six <laughs> round trips, two hours. I, I don't like those odds, but um, no, all—all all good questions, Matthew, Naomi. I think storm, ston, ston, uh, It's been a long podcast. I think Stormborn makes the exact marks the exact moment that Littlefinger's rise up the ladder of chaos has stalled. Back in the day when he was just about getting on the Iron Throne with Caitlin Ka- and later Sansa at his side, the plan was fairly simple, cause chaos in the lands by starting a war between the Starks and the Lannisters. It went well for him so far, and he's even picked up some cool prizes like the Vale and maybe still Hall, But the rise of the latter may have gotten too chaotic even for him. He couldn't have imagined the North being more focused on the White Walkers and an army of the dead to the North versus the Iron Throne in the South. He shockingly seems surprised to hear that Danny has landed at Dragonstone with an army of dragons... Um, he's also powerless against the White Walkers and will hold no sway over Danny with Ferris and Tyrion counseling her. And Cersei will probably burn him alive if he tries to go back. Littlefinger confessing to Jon that he loves Sansa was a panicky move. His last scramble at some sort of power. His hope that maybe by being friendly with Jon and reminding him that he basically owes Littlefinger that Jon will give him Sansa. But Jon and Sansa are both on to him now. Littlefinger's rise has ended and he all he has to show for it is a loose grasp on the veil. Uh, do you think that is going down this season and his fall off the ladder of chaos?
0: Uh, yeah, I think Littlefinger's done. I think he's going to try one more thing. Like I said, I'm still looking for that pivot. I don't yeah. think that was John. I think that scene with John was not a good enough pivot for Littlefinger. Because, I mean, Littlefinger has always been very smart. And I think, you know, as nice as it as it is for us to see the people who have been getting duped by him for so long... Mm-hmm. Finally, stand up to him right. and and realize that he's pulling the crap he's pulling. Uh, I do still want that character to be proven very smart in the end mm-hmm. um, and resourceful because I think that's who he is. So I think he's going to have one more thing up his sleeve that he's going to try, and it's going to be desperate. He might have to turn to like Cersei or somebody. Um, but I don't I don't think he's done right now. I think he's about to make the move that gets him killed. I agree. I don't think he makes that this season. Who do you yeah. think? Let, let
1: me put it this way. Who do you think is smarter, Varus or Littlefinger? Varus. I agree, except for Littlefinger's always had the better hands to play. He was the master of yeah. coin. He could do things, funny things with money, he could bribe people. Um, I think Varus now has the much better hand, and he's smart. I agree with you. I think he's smarter. So I think that he, I mean, the only thing Peter's really got is the Knights of the Veil. Vale. Mm hmm. And if John and Danny make some kind of peace accord, that's going to be less than nothing. Yeah. And again, the he's also like Sansa has ultimate leverage over him. So yeah, I I don't think he makes it out of the season alive. Because even if I grant that that really cool theory that we're going to invert this whole thing and we're going to deal with the White Walkers before the humans, Littlefinger is not who we. He's not the main course of that meal. Right, Cersei Lannister is the main of, of the people living in Euron Greyjoy the main courses, he's a, he's the B-plot to that, so that's mm-hmm. why I think he doesn't make it out this season Yeah, uh, Denora G how is it that the two episodes have passed and no one at the Wall has had the brilliant idea of letting the King of the North know that his long lost brother Bran might have popped back up at the Wall yeah, with all the jetpacking and yeah. speed of light ravening going on how, what the hell yeah they lose all their ravens. They're really hurting not having a maester. That he Sam was the last person that could read. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. right. Like I would love to send a message, but I literally can just make an X where my name goes. That's all. I mean,
0: are we sure that's not true? That might be because <laughs> they don't have any maesters who, who uh-uh. do all the ravens. Here's the thing: brand can write. brand can read, certainly. I assume Bran can write at his age with the training from the Maester. His fingers are paralyzed. No, they're not. Get out of here. <laughs> they might be frostbitten, but they do, will thaw. All he can do is slap a tree now.
1: <laughs> no. all he can do is he's, he's lost his his fine feel, feeling in his fingers. Uh, Mir can probably read and write. She's Mira probably, probably reading right. Yep. So yeah.
0: So even if Ed can't, it'd be hilarious
1: can. if like he gets a message from uh, the, the Dolores Ed, and it's like in pictograph. <laughs> it's emoji. <laughs> It's all emoji. and John's like, what
0: the hell? It's a picture of a spiky-headed knight's King. Uh Uh-huh. It's a picture of a floppy-haired boy Uh, and a frowny face. Yep, two two feet with the international no sign, Uh and then a poop emoji.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, moving on. Uh, Matt S. from Pennsylvania. I'm confused as to why Sam is allowed to live with a woman and child while studying at the Citadel. Aren't maesters forbidden from marrying?
0: Ah, Sam's not a maester.
1: Also, he tells Jor and presumably others that he's training to be maester for the Night's Watch. Another organization that forbids marriage. He's double not supposed to have women. Seems yeah. like someone should prohibit him from his studies for this. That's yeah, absolutely, a solid point. they should. Now, I don't know whether he's living in like some kind of like off-campus dorm situation, and yeah. no one knows that he's got this this woman and child with him. But it does seem like that should be an issue. And maybe it yep. will be, because he's because there's a, there's there's a lot of reasons he'd be kicked out right now. He's he's doing forbidden research. Um, that in fact uh, maybe maybe I should just get to Mister J's point. Okay. Um, it occurred to me as we watched Sam perform an unapproved surgery on Jorah that this is exactly why Kybern was kicked out of the Citadel. Kybern's hmm. skills came in handy when he helped out Jamie in season two. I uh, see what you did handy. I see what you did there. Do you think that we will see Sam use his newly learned skills to treat others with grayscale, or do you think that we is just going to be this mechanism that double D's use uh, to get Sam and Jorah out of the citadel and jetpacking off the Dragonstone, where they can be reunited with John and Danny? Yeah, I think so. Because that's the thing. Like, I I guess I never considered a fact that maybe Sam just washes out. Uh-huh. Like he's already arguably we're like, well, okay, found Dragonstone, and he's going. Is that going to be sad? But but really, that that's all he's there to do. He's going to get kicked out. Archmaster's going to be coming in here and seeing him peeling the skin off uh, Jorah. And it's like get out of here, you got kids. I was going to overlook your your wife and kids, but <laughs> right, peeling, peeling, peeling night skin off. It's just too much. Yeah, and he's gone. I don't know. I th- I feel like that's probably going to happen. Uh, Aaron, N D, Is anyone going to talk about the Iron Bank? Doesn't Cersei
0: owe them a lot of money? Tons. Yep. And we saw. Uh, who was it? davos did he go to them and say hey give us an army because indeed they owe you a lot of money or something i forget what it was
1: i mean the thing is at this point yes the iron bank is like i guess they could provide danny with treasure if she needed it but like there's so many threats arrayed against cersei that the iron bank i don't expect them to get in the game if they thought that she would get away with it yeah um so, I don't think it's a plot hole so much as they're just like the the, the 11th thing on the list of 10 things that is the, the primary threat to, to Cersei's uh, kingdom. And that is feedback for the week, my sir.
0: Okay, cool.
1: Maester. Uh You can send feedback, of course, always uh, to Game of Thrones at baldmove.com. Uh, you can also discuss with our fellow fans on the forums, forums.baldmove.com, and keep up with everything we're doing at baldmove.com uh, on Facebook. Uh, slash bald fla- facebook.com slash bald move twitter and instagram at bald move uh, we will be back well, this is not this is not the end of our coverage no 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 we're we're coming back Friday for a spoiler edition where we'll be yeah. talking about uh, some some nuggets in the books uh, maybe some stuff that we can glean from the previous the next time ons and and combined with what we already know about the trailers and such, uh, no, no, no true show production spoilers, but just just stuff that we can hint at and, and and theorize about based on on the books and and other stuff that's been preview materials have been released. So look for that on Friday, and then of course, so we start it all over again on Sunday night with the instant take. Um, man, only f- we're yeah. We 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 have as few episodes left as we would be at the mid-season point of any conventional Game of Thrones season. Mm-hmm. It's moving fast. Uh, we'll see where it speeds off to, where it jetpacks off to next. Uh, until Friday, I'm Aaron and I'm Jim. See you then.